0: to keep us all dumbed down, and hope that we will never see the truth around. Another promise, another seed, another package lie to keep us trapped in greed. You see the green belts wrapped around our minds,
1: endless red
0: tape to keep the truth confined.
2: A song recorded as a cover from seven years ago. What people need to understand is they will fight back like no other. And I want you guys to understand today we're going to cover a lot of things. As you know, I am leaving for a funeral late tonight. Uh, My daughter and my son in law were flying out here. Flights were canceled without telling them. And they were supposed to be flying out at 5 a.m. this morning. It's just been a whole hot mess. Last minute, rent a car, all the flights are changed. It's just been insanity. And obviously, the financial burdens, of course, you guys understand that, right? So it's like, I am losing my mind today running around. But having said that, we're going to talk about my TRO. We're going to talk to citizens, actual citizens. They're the special guests today that went in Louisiana to file. But before we get there, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to share something. I want you guys to know how many people are actually paying attention and how excited they are for what you do and how they praise you for it. Now, a lot of you have heard Patrick Byrne on my show before, and obviously, uh, you know, me and him talk, but we don't talk about personal things. So he does misstate something, but that's probably because that's what other people are saying. Because I don't think I ever talked to him about the whole debacle with my car. And I don't think he went into a GoFundMe. I just told him, you guys bought me a Tesla. So we'll clear that up. But that just means, you know, broken telephone, rumors, you know, whatever anybody says. Uh, so, you know, don't knock him because he was misinformed on that. You know, I never personally told him what happened. Right. Um, but the, but that's fine. Regardless, that's not the point you need to pay attention to. What you need to pay attention to is how much you guys are appreciated for what you do. Because what you're about to hear today is other citizens, not just me telling you how difficult it is. (laughs) Wait till I tell you what's been going on. Um, But other citizens too, because they're fighting you. They do not want you to stand up. You are supposed to sit down and not talk. You're not allowed to have a voice. You need to follow the rules. So I wanted you guys to hear this from his own mouth.
3: Well, these strange events of the last 12, 13 months have brought me together with (laughs) many odd characters, but none odder than or perhaps smarter than a young young woman named Tori. And I know what the mainstream media says about uh, Tori. Tori has a channel on Telegram called Tori Says Plus. You can see that line right there. Tori is a very intelligent woman who claims a un, an unusual background, for which I cannot vouch one way or the other. But I do have to say she does seem to know an extraordinary amount uh, about obscure things, some of which I know about. So uh what I so forgetting her own work and, and other 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 claims and other things you can find out about if you research Tori, Tori has on Telegram well, Tory has a podcast, and I believe that podcast is now in the top 40 political podcasts globally. It's on many different channels, many different places you can find Tory says. And what's happening is reminiscent of what, uh, there's a school of economics that called the Austrian School of Economics, and it's associated with classical liberalism or libertarianism, Ron Paul would be an example of, and we believe that the financial system should be based on something like gold or Bitcoin or something that cannot be recreated by government mandarins uh, or created in excess by them. So uh, Austrian economists say that other people, the people who are guilty of the fatal conceit, tend to view the world like they're these specialists up in front of an engine and certain experts are gonna get up there and fine tune the engine. These Austrian economists see the world more like a beehive, or more like sets of networks that interact and regulate each other, more like, like the original economists, the physiocrats who see how they see the systems in the, in the body. Well, this idea comes out of Austrian economics, of spontaneous order, properties that just emerge out of apparent randomness. That seems to be going on in this movement, Tory says, is building it it has these emergent properties just like austrian economics predicts out of society. she has this podcast that i think up to 2 or 3 million people will hear each podcast on all these different channels and outlets. she there are without any work from her well people have become around the world devoted to this pod to this broadcast to this Tory says channel. and they, for example, she had a car wreck or something and just asked uh, once her fans found out by the time she got out of the hospital and got home, there was a new Tesla in her driveway.
2: See, that's probably something he heard somewhere because that wasn't me. We all know my car was stolen, right? And then when I went to the insurance to finally get a payout, I had to ask my, you know, I had to figure it out with my with someone that I would never because they were on it with me. I would never talk to them in my life again. They're dead to me. So um, I had to deal with it. And we all know that I had like no ideas. You guys raised those funds so I can get my dream car, um, which is incredible, right? But I guess, you know, down the pipeline, because we've heard a lot of people say, I ran a GoFundMe. I asked you guys. I never asked. You guys just did it. And that was what's so incredible. And I think people can't wrap their minds around it so I guess maybe this was like a short form he might have heard because I know I never you know spelled it out exactly because me and him haven't met in person after you guys got what well, we have but we didn't talk about this we talked about other things but you know this is this is what happens when there's rumor mills or someone says something concise or they think they know but regardless the 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 bottom line is the truth is I was without a car you guys knew it I didn't ask you for it and like you said, you guys got it for me, and that was incredible.
3: I mean, people take care of this woman, and she's just she's kind of a shaman, I think, to this to this to millions of people. They're setting up, uh, they're on their own. They're setting up clubs around the world, and you know, in Munich, there's some in Munich, there's some coffee, coffee, you know, a coffee house where once a week people meet, thirty or forty people meet, and they talk about whatever Tori has been talking about that week on her show. It's happening, there's hundreds of clubs in America, it's happening all over the world.
2: I just wanted to say, I wanted to pause. Guys, I can't share it because people are scared, but do you know that there's a Tori Says Club in Venezuela and they're organizing as well there? And that's kind of awesome. So they're on like some weird, obscure channel that I'm not gonna say because Venezuela We all know what's going on there, and they're all very uh, rich and smart people that are able to live under that communistic rule, but they're trying to find ways in order to revolt, and guess what? It's the youth.
3: It's interesting. The level of activism among, among her volunteers is extraordinary. So let me give you an example. Among her many volunteers are many dozens of lawyers and really good lawyers, but they just work at law firms who can't be involved in this stuff. So when she needs legal work done, it's being contributed. I'll mention this because as of today, as of just a few minutes ago, she has filed five federal lawsuits around Ohio, in the different districts of Ohio, on behalf of five students in five different public schools. Uh, And these, these are federal lawsuits that challenge mask mandates in schools. And it's been crowdsourced. Tori has completely, so Tori and I have become friends over the last year, it was really quite, and she reminds me, we don't have, it's Flynn and I don't have any power. And we know that it's, I love her way of seeing the world. It's the, all the power is coming from the people. If we did not have millions of people behind us at this point, our country would be in deep trouble. But because we have tens of millions of people or more, I'll be telling you about our new poll numbers, uh, shortly um, or in another video. Uh, because of that, is why it, all the power is coming from the people. It really is, as corny as it sounds. And she reminds me of that frequently. And she has organized these lawsuits, but where the people doing the suits come out of her millions of volunteers, uh, but people who live in Ohio. Uh, Must probably has hundreds of volunteers who are members of her networks. Oh, if you go on Telegram, you can find these, there's support networks organized for every chapter. So you can look up Tori says Boston, Tori says, you know, Sydney, Australia, and there'll be a special Telegram chapter for that. And it's just self-organizing around the world. It's almost like a, I don't want to compare it to Q, but it's like if there were a, a Q2.0 kind of mass movement forming, it seems to be forming, uh, forming spontaneously around this woman. So she got the plaintiffs for the case. She got the law, the law, the legal work done by dozens of lawyers. Good lawyers at good law firms, are joining and, and volunteering and drafting stuff. So five impeccable federal lawsuits. All kinds of physicians and industrial engineers and people are also among her volunteers. So all the affidavits and expert network, all the research was done for her by her network of of physician volunteers and scientist volunteers. Uh, it turns out there's an amazing amount of industrial healthcare research that argues evidently against wearing of masks and having children wear masks in uh, in school. Uh, so it's the first federal case that is bringing that scientific research to bear, and this has all been done through a grassroots, bottoms-up effort, just kind of marshaled into existence by this. What, these five federal lawsuits have been sort of whisked into existence with the, the from the energy and the work of the crowd, and the the potter's wheel has been turned by this Gal Tory. So my congrats, I I wanted to alert you that her and these these started half, dropping on Thursday, just four days ago, five days ago, and they she dropped one on Thursday with her own child as the plaintiff, and then four today around uh, Ohio, and this isn't the only place. Maybe maybe there are other states in the works. Uh, so this is that this sort of activism is what's going to save our country. It is don't be looking for us to save you. You're gonna save you. We see how to do it. Listen to us. Listen to Flynn and me and and Tori. Uh, she she has wonderful ideas uh, about how we can go about what we're we're doing. So just wanted to alert you that besides we we are getting on our toes as a boxer, boxing metaphor. We're getting on our toes and we're putting the other side on their heels. Simone Gold f- filed some lawsuits. I talked about in another po- podcast against both the University of California. For booster shot mandates or vaccine mandates for students, and another with the DoD in the case of soldiers or students who have already had COVID, which the science demonstrates, person Israeli studies is much significantly better than have had in the shot having the shot. So I just want to alert you that we're that the the, the allies of Tap are out there doing what doing what needs to be done and telling you where you can keep up on, this is really leading edge stuff. The, the the four lawsuits just got filed in the last four hours. So this is, we are fighting back. We got federal lawsuits against the other side. It's bringing real research, real data, and being put together by real lawyers. All, again, all volunteers in this marvelous, mm, spontaneous order that has come together around Tory, Tory Maris, as real really, but Tory says. Thank you. Well, these strange events.
2: So that was from Patrick Byrne, um, who just adores what you guys are doing. So I thought um, that we say a prayer, and I know a lot of people don't know how to pray sometimes. Like you don't know what to say and how to say it, right? So I've been sharing a song every day so we can pray together. So I want you guys to know that the whole world's looking at everything you guys are doing. i I, I don't like being out in the public. I don't like hanging out with people. I mean, I love it, but I don't, I don't like being in the public eye. It really upsets me. This is the way I am as a person. I know that someone had to do it and nobody wants to get to go first. So I'm like, I'll go first. Like what else are they going to do to me? So, um, it's, it's really important that you guys understand that they're recognizing everything you do. So I'm gonna tell you what happened with my TRO, what we're expecting, the awesomeness with my writ of mandamus. And um, then we're gonna have on some, uh, we already have a few people uh, that one person already popped on uh, that are from Louisiana um, that uh, will be here, <laughs> will be here to talk about the things that they went through filing the same lawsuits that many of you are going to be filing. We're talking federal, not the writ of mandamus. So let's all take a moment to pray. And the way you can pray is just sing along these lyrics. These lyrics are literally a prayer. For
4: the things
2: we've done and
4: left undone For the ways we've walked. From your heart Forgive us We pray Forgive us We pray For the idols We put on your throne For the loves We choose above your own forgive us we pray forgive us
2: Just so you guys know, that is actually a prayer that is said in Greek, the words, obviously to not, not to that song, not to that music, not to that tempo, but it's still the words. And that is one of the most shortest prayers where we just ask for mercy. Um, And hopefully for those of you that don't know what to say or how to pray, that is all we can ask him for is complete and utter mercy. Um, So um, let me just start. I can't delve into it only because I didn't read it all, but my TRO was struck down and that's fine. And the judge didn't dismiss it. He said, I have the right to, you know, come at it. But the weird thing is, is what he said. It was so bizarre. He said, oh, well, you just argued the effectiveness of the mask and you proved that, you know, it's not really effective, but that doesn't mean anything. Uh, So that doesn't do anything. Another thing he said was, um, it was so weird. Like I couldn't even believe that I was reading this, but he said something like, um, uh, what is it? Um, oh, come on, say it. Uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, his exact phrase was, um, that, how did it go? That, that, that he can't believe that I would request the court to deprive people from enjoying masks. Did you hear me? He can't believe that I would deprive people by enjoying enjoying masks. So I don't see how anyone would enjoy it. And if they're ineffective, then what's the point of wearing it? Uh, he said that I didn't show that she was harmed directly. I'm gonna fight that shit and I'm gonna tell him I'm gonna fight that shit because he can strike down whatever he wants Right on that, but I'm still going to fight it. There's no motion to dismiss. I will win that shit. And the motion to dismiss is based on me making the argument that I have the right to represent my daughter. Again, I really don't give a shit if he says no, because then the next step is I go to the sixth circuit, to the appeals. And then if I fail there, that shit goes to Scotus You cannot force my child to cover up their face because it's ineffective, you cannot make mandates because you feel like it reading it. I was, I was flipping. And right now I'm not in, in, you know, today has been like a mess for me. You know, my, my two kids, we had a reroute. It costs us an extra, like so much money to get them down here so we can get to the funeral. And then to rent the car because plans change. So we had to rent it somewhere else. It was like more. And I was like, well, I'm going to write a complaint to Enterprise because this is bullshit. Like, what's the point of me being such a super platinum member if I'm getting a shit price, right? Just to go to a funeral. So at midnight, my kid arrives. And at 4 a.m., we need to start driving. So I'm a hot mess right now. I'm just saying a hot mess. And I can't even look at it. And I know I've got like about 10 more days to respond to the court. This one's going to be so solid and so ironclad. It's going to be ridiculous. I'm going to argue the fact that I have the right to represent my child because that is the win we need, right? We don't care about the mask. My kid's not wearing the fucking mask. They could do somersaults, cartwheels. I really don't give a shit what they say. Are they going to, I hope that they try to suspend my kid or expel. I dare you to do that because I, I want this case to go forward. So the only thing I have to do is prove that I have the right to defend my child. I can prove that. I can prove that. Now it's all up to the judge. Remember, we're fighting evil. And today you're going to hear from people in Louisiana that went to file their federal lawsuits and what what, what they went through through their own words. Because my special guests shouldn't be titles and tiaras. They should be our friends, which is each and every one of us. If you notice, the people that I have on and I have conversations with are people that are just like us. I know a lot of you think, well, Patrick Burns not like us. He totally is. He's a good man and friends, right? Friends. That's what matters. And we don't all have to agree, right? But we all have the same mission and that's freedom. And that's something that we need to keep on. There was a a statement someone said, people are free to be stupid, but you also have the freedom to be smart, right? (laughs) So we have the right to be smart. So that's something that, um, you know, we need to remember. Now, having said that on the federal lawsuit, before we get to these amazing Americans, these fellow friends, right, that went down to Louisiana uh, to file, I wanted to tell you guys about my writ of mandamus. I got so many calls from yesterday and this morning from professors, from prestigious universities that are constitutional attorneys. And the one thing they said is, oh, my gosh, like your filing has now forced a judge to see your interpretation of the constitutional amendment to the Ohio Constitution. He can't unsee that. And I was like, you know, okay. well, it's not an interpretation. It's plain English. He goes, yeah, but you actually defined it. See, it's one thing if we have a definition, right, that was written in 2011 that, for some reason fits perfectly with today. Um, But this is, how's the judge gonna rule on this? He said, we've been sitting, like they've been geeking out on LinkedIn on their groups, a massive, massive amount of constitutional attorneys thinking, damn, this was like the most person, this was like a sniper shot, a sniper shot that says, wait a minute, they've been, this is me telling everyone in Ohio, They've been violating the Constitution since 2011. Anyone that's paid a fine because of Obamacare has been violated constitutionally. You can actually request damages for that shit based on this article, 1, section 21 of the Ohio State Constitution, FYI. So that's one thing. Another thing is that it was so highly precise that right now the judge is forced to decide if he's going to compel the governor. Here's the problem. The only way that he cannot compel the governor is if it feels that he's pushing him to do something. The court will never tell the court will never tell um, the judge uh, to um, say to do anything to do anything unless unless it's uh, something ministerial that there's no discretion. So right now, if you actually read my writ of mandamus, the request that I'm asking isn't anything that he might have some discretion like oh you know i'll kind of think about if i want to apply the constitution or not kind of like this fucking judge in my federal suit what do you mean there's no irreparable harm when civil rights are violated like what the fuck? did the constitution get canceled along with common sense in 2020 like what is going on okay what is going on so this is it now, the, the 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 one professor who was like, hey, if you're ever thinking of going to law school, we'll pay your way. You could come to my school. I'd love you to get into law because that is the most genius thing. And I'm like, dude, it's plain English and I didn't do it. God, let me see it. So it was English. And the reason that I have experience in healthcare helped me see it that way, right? So it's not like I did anything special. It's plain English. You guys can all read simple English. It's just that no one thought of it because of the title of the article. And this is why I said you guys need to start busting out, looking into your state's constitution, find the word healthcare system, healthcare data, healthcare information, find that shit and look into it. That's all you have to do. So I was really impressed that there are scholars right now looking at this shit, rubbing their hands because using a mandamus against a governor is far and apart and it's very difficult to get but they feel like this is a slam dunk. And it's like, what? Slam dunk. That's pretty awesome. Okay. I've got all these people popping on. I've added them, but I'm going to wait, do them one by one. Um, But I want you guys to understand that the constitution has never been canceled because someone said so. Okay. You know, the constitution has never been canceled and Just skimming through the pages of my TRO being struck down made me sick. Made me sick. Because it means he didn't read shit I sent him. I sent him evidence of research saying that masks cause harm. But apparently I didn't demonstrate enough. I got to say how my kid's dead in order to get a fucking TRO. That's the point that they take us to. Which takes me to another thing. But we'll talk about that later. In regards to how we are now medical prisoners. And I want to tell you guys something. These people that are going to come on and speak, right? And for myself and for others that have put themselves out there. Every single one of you out there has the ability to do this. Every single one of you. And sitting back and waiting for others to do it, no one's coming to fucking save you. If you were out in the wild and you're like a lion and someone comes to get your kid, you don't say, well, you know, I really want to be able to eat that gazelle eater. So I'm going to wait and see if they're really going to eat my kid or not. And if they do eat my kid, well, I can't fight the big, bad, bad lion. So I'm just going to sit by and watch. Because that's exactly what you're doing. Like, where does it have to go? Do you have to get your kids taken away? Do you need them to drag you out of your house by your hair? Do you need to shoot guns at them and then get shot too to make it work? You have the power to stop all of this. And you're sitting on your asses with your thumbs right up in them. That's how it is. I don't care how butthurt you are for me telling you this, but you saying, Oh, I don't know what to do. Somebody just give it to me and I'll do it. Well, I did that too. I actually spent dime my time and gave it to someone and they looked at me sharpened weapon. They were like, yeah, you know, I just don't want to cause trouble and have my name out there because you know, I'm really worried. And it's like, no, one's going to give a fuck in a couple months. They're going to be pulling you out of your house and dragging you out. And then you need to remember you were being dragged out for all those fuckers that are sitting there on the sidelines, watching other people fight and sitting there saying, well, I don't know what to do. You know, we fight in many ways. My my writ of mandamus already had an upload of about like just under 50 affidavits. I got another 50 getting collated to be uploaded. These are people that are like, "Yeah, fuck you. This is happening to me. I'm asserting my rights." That's what every single one of you should be doing across the nation. You shouldn't be scared because the one thing that the courts don't want is you and the courts. And let's remember the courts are the people's courts, not the lawyers' courts, not the pockets' court, and you watch my response to the judge because I'm gonna be s- s- sharp-tongued. I'm gonna be like how this is made to deter citizens from requesting any assistance in mitigating you know, illegalities or you know, wait, show me where in the First Amendment does it say that I have the right to redress grievances but only if I have a lawyer, only have a, if I have a shit ton of money. Fuck you. That's the way it is. Fuck you. That's what we should all be doing is telling them to go fuck themselves. These are our courts and they can't tell us what to do. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on the first guest. Um, wait, how do I do this? Everyone's on there. Damn. Okay. So I can't separate. One, two, three, four, one. Damn. Can I do this? All right, so you see all our faces. So I'm gonna go ahead and unmute all of you. You guys mute your own mics so people hear background noise. Um, uh, let's start with um, conspiracy. Um, would you like to take the floor first?
5: Oh yeah, of course, Tori, can you hear me?
2: I can hear you loud and clear.
5: Okay, I don't know how I'll quite follow up that tirade you just gave, but I'll try.
2: You guys are in the front line. Like, I am so proud of you because you did it. You went down to the courts. You demanded to be heard. You demanded that they take your federal lawsuit, and that's what's important. So I want to hear your experience because I've explained my experience, right? I want you to tell everybody who's listening, who's scared of doing this, Just one how scary it is how scary it is, but two how important it is to be done So this is from the state of louisiana you guys
5: Well, we adore you tori. We love you. We're proud of you, too And it probably wouldn't have got done if you hadn't came in our chat room and lit that fire under our ass but I don't want to say that because we've got a really good group of motivated people and mommies and uh, my experience, you know, I showed up to baton rouge today just kind of as moral support and um they, the, the girls were having some issues. The court was actually, uh, they only had a drop box where they were taking submissions. So they were doing no processing that day. They were only open for two days out of the week, I think Tuesdays and Thursdays, so they could cover every other day, you know, because what they're doing, the as the clerk explained it on the phone to me, because I called them up when the girls were upset, is that they're backdating files that are submitted on Monday, right? They'll backdate it. To process on Monday, Tuesday morning when they come in. And one of the files, we didn't have it completed quite yet, but it was a TRO that was being submitted. So I talked to the clerk for a while and she got tired of me and told me that her supervisor would call me back. And she did.
2: Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. She got tired of you. So she was too tired to do her job and talk to a citizen that wanted to file. I just want to clarify.
5: Yeah, they didn't have a very good attitude about it. I mean, from the get go, they, they really didn't want us to be there. Mm
1: -hmm.
5: So, uh, the supervisor calls me back and I'm telling her, well, look, you know what, this is a TRO. What if I'm getting beat, you know, or if my husband, you you know, he gets off at six, uh, it's 11 o'clock. He knows I'm up here. You're not going to file this until tomorrow. The judge could give me a restraining order, you know, like. And she's like, well, it will be processed within 24 hours. And I'm telling her, you're missing the point. You're, you're excluding my sixth amendment rights to a speedy and fair trial, you know? And then I said, well, is this because of COVID or what? I told the first one, I said, well, what if I don't believe in COVID? You know, what about my rights? And then, uh, she tells me she doesn't frankly care if I believe in COVID or not that, uh, they're, they're 24 hour. they're meeting their 24 hour deadline. So everything's fine. And, uh, you know, to me, that's breaking decorum and she was getting really heated when I was arguing with her and, uh, said, well, so it's COVID right. You know, and she's like, yeah, we're instituting these policies to protect the health and welfare of our employees and yada, yada, yada. And I said, Oh, so you're a doctor. <laughs> and she kind of got tripped up and started stampering at that point. And She kind of backed up and was like, no, 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 I'm not a doctor. But our chief judge, our chief justice or whatever, he's implementing these policies so everybody can be healthy. And I let her go on with her diatribe for a while. And then she got to the end real heated. And uh, I said, well, you know, I appreciate you taking my complaints and everything. And she was saying, I don't have to do this and do that. I said, well, you do have to hear my complaints because you are. And I want to ask you one more question. And she goes, what? And I said, is your chief judge or justice and medical practitioner? (laughs) And uh, she got real heated. But, I mean, from the get-go, I could tell she knew I was in the right, the fact that they're they're breaking the quorum. You know, the court needs to be open five days a week so people can get their justice served. Uh, Otherwise, you don't have a country, Tori.
2: No, I agree. And the thing is, that's the problem. They decide. Like, I skimmed through the response to my TRO telling me I was failing and all I could see was, oh yeah, so you're proving that the masks are inefficient but you failed to say where the problem is. And it's like, okay, the fuck? Like, are you kidding me? So I I didn't even read it all because I have to be clear-minded because I've got a long journey tomorrow. But the frustration that you went through, I went through and the judge was worse. You know, um, I'm just warning you right now. Right, because we're just people, we're not lawyers, and they Mm -hmm. don't want us accessing the courts. That's the thing, they want people, the lawyers, to deal with it, which they can control through their bar associations, through Mm -hmm. the little you know groups that they have rather than the people. If the people get wind that the courts are theirs, which they are, it's called the people's court, not the lawyer's court, they lose. Right. So, um, so after the phone call, like, what did you do? What did you, how did you turn in your documents?
5: Well, we decided we didn't want to leave empty handed. that I drove about three hours and, uh, we had one of our cases was the complaint and it was pretty much done all the, as good as it was probably going to get for a while, you know? So, uh, we had to put it in the Dropbox, but they, you had to be in a folder. They wouldn't give us a folder you know, or an envelope. So we had to go run to the post office and the girls got them some nice, pretty pink and red and blue and all kind of crazy color envelopes. And we dropped it in there and, uh, Lafayette filed two, including a TRO. So, uh, you know, then we had lunch and had a great talk and, and bitched and complained, but you know, it, it's in there and we can keep amending it. And I was just going to add, you know, with, I skimmed the response that you got and it was making me mad too. And we were so busy. I couldn't finish reading every word, but I think what's really important with these cases, if it makes any difference at all is demonstrating the harm personally. And one of our girls had progress reports of her kid's behavior over time. And ever since they implemented the mask, of course, like he's standing up more, not in his place, talking more, acting out, you know, and, Right. Being- I don't
2: know. Is the person on, the person that filed that, or any of you? No, she, that she's
5: person- not on, but I could send her the link.
2: Okay. Um, because I have Kelly, Valerie, and Sammy. Yeah. On. Um, I want to hear about the dark room and stuff. Who's going to tell me that? Which one of you are going to say?
5: <laughs> no, I didn't go in the courthouse, so you can ask Sammy about that.
2: Sammy spill the oh my gosh spill the tea i'm even putting like a coffee mug like when i heard that people need to know because that's exactly how it is guys when i tell you they hate you and they don't want you entering their domain i'm being dead serious this is why we need to fight and these parents fought. so sammy go ahead and spill the tea
6: well, thank you for having me on your show, and um, I'm so blessed to be our in show. this group and fighting with these people.
2: Yeah, this um, is cause... our show, just so you know. I just picked the Spindex.
6: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, to to bounce off your your point, uh, and I and I will get to the room, but you know in. Dealing with this this lawsuit and having to put it together because frankly legal is, is not my specialty medical is more my specialty but so I downloaded the Federal Bar Association Lally handbook which is like 60 pages um, in order to help you out you know to teach the American citizen how to defend their own rights in court which we should have every right to do um, on the very first page of this wonderful handbook it clearly tells you in sentence two not to cite this handbook. It also tells you that the court will not consider this handbook as any legal authority. Then on the second page, first paragraph, it absolutely is trying to coerce you to tell you that representing yourself in a lawsuit can be complicated, time-consuming, and costly. In the last sentence, they are urging you to work with a lawyer if possible. This is repeated on page four. This is also repeated on page nine. So, Sammy, with- Sammy,
2: I know because I was
6: when you say that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I when I was in, I was talking with the judge and like the two lawyers, which now I've become three. And I think another one's filing. So that's four, four lawyers of a firm against me. The judge kept saying, you know, you should really get a lawyer. You should really They want me to get a lawyer. And that's why they're fighting my right to rep- represent my kid. Oh, you should really get a. I like. I should actually re-listen to that call and see how many times the judge told me that I should get a lawyer.
6: Right. And, and you know, I got to thinking and I actually had to ask some my, my boys who, you know, I've had to take out of schools because they offered to throw me in jail since, you know, truancy and everything, because we are not putting on the mask. Um, but I so I asked them, you know, and went back to learn what they're learning in schools and things like that. And if you think of everything that you need for your right, your your life, liberty, and your pursuit of happiness, you can pretty much obtain and learn everything that you need in any path of life that you would like to go and to care for your, your body, which is your right to life. Um, but your right to liberty is the most unobtainable and obstructed legal right uh and they don't teach that in school they're not teaching the constitution they're not teaching cursive so the kids can't read the constitution they're not taking te- teaching a legal ease they're not teaching basic latin they're not teaching legal words they're they're not teaching anything thing that even hints around to that so if you when an american citizen needs to defend themselves because of course you don't get an attorney unless you do something wrong and then you get a court appointed attorney but if you've been harmed and need to sue somebody Basically, it's, you well, know, screw you. You need to come up with, you know, huge bucks in order to represent yourself. That's not, that's not what my Constitution says. My Constitution says I should be able to walk in that building. I should be able to present my case, present what I've been harmed with, and deal with it in a legal way and debate it. Here's on the facts. Here's the evidence and argue it out. But that is not what they are allowing us to do, as your case is pointing out, as the rest of our cases are pointing out out and clearly is what they did to us today at the federal courthouse. They either put this policy in place knowing that we were going to do this. I I truly think that they had this planned. It was just too convenient for them to not be open but yet not have their policies on the website. They supposedly had this drop box, but when I tell you it was very auspicious and
2: oh yeah tell me, tell me tell me
6: the gentleman came. Yeah. Okay, tell so everyone. Before even allowed into the, drop, the building,
2: yeah, tell everyone how they had you drop off your. First of all, they had a Dropbox like you had cooties right? So no one did, was there. The, the, the courts are shut down. I mean, shit, they canceled the constitution and common sense at the same time. So why not just cancel the courts and work like they want to? So apparently, you know, um, you were going to drop this in a Dropbox, like, you know, how we return books in the library. So I want you to be as descriptive as possible so people know. Because people, if this doesn't fucking piss you off to get off your ass and file shit, that's a big deal.
6: Yeah, so um, first it took us, oh, jeez, we were there at 9 o'clock. So by the time we actually got in the building, we're talking three hours, two and a half, three hours. So this is the hurdles that we had to jump through because, of course, my case was, I don't know, 250, 300 pages, something like that. I don't have it in the middle envelope. I'm expecting to walk into that courthouse, get it stamped, get it filed. Why do I need to have it in a special envelope, put it in a drop Nope. That's not what I'm there for. I'm there to actually walk walk out of there with a case number, signed summons. So we've had to deal with multiple people at multiple times, nice little security guards who were very nice, police who were outside. There was probably four or five at all times that just kind of circled and just kept an eye on us. Like we're the ones who are actually going to do harm. We, We were not doing anything wrong. We were just sitting there trying to, gather up our thoughts and trying to figure out how we're going to get this filed. We were making phone calls. Conspiracy was trying to call into the, the clerk. We did that several times. Uh, we actually spoke to two uh, employees. One was an intern uh, as they were going in, because I was questioning them going, wait a minute, you're telling me the court's open, but we can't go in there and file anything. But I see people sitting behind that desk. So which is it? Are you open? Or are you not open? So anyways, by the time we get, to the pretty you know envelopes we figured this is the only way we're going to do it because I'm putting my damn case in that drop box because it is getting marked today so we got the pretty like I said the pretty or like uh, conspiracy said we got the pretty envelopes and everything because I figured you know what I'm at least going to be nice to the clerks or the, the nice ladies who have to open it and make their day because you got to Kiss the butts of the people at the bottom because they're going to make the journey at least a little bit less painful going up to the top. So hopefully they smile at the the pretty pink envelopes and the thank yous that I wrote all over it. In order to get in the building, I was greeted outside the building by a very nice security guard who watched me take off my watch. Or tell me, I'm sorry, he told me to take off my watch put it in my purse, leave my bag outside, bring only my ID, only my case, only my, my files, my envelopes. I had to ask permission to bring in my lucky pen. He allowed that. I had to leave everything else outside. And then I was allowed to walk into the courthouse.
2: Wait a minute. minute. I just want to ask, were you at a jail visiting somewhere or were you in a courthouse? Right. Where were you? Oh, okay.
6: yeah, a courthouse. Oh, it gets even better.
2: Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, no, I know. But I want to just point this out. You're going into a federal court, they don't allow you to have your bag. You had to ask to bring a pin. And so obviously, you weren't allowed to bring your phone either, right? Correct. Okay. Right. Okay. Yes. When does Which- that even happen when you enter a courthouse? that you have to leave your belongings at the door. I think they only do that shit when you visit people in prison and stuff or jails. So this is really bizarre. Keep going.
1: Yeah,
6: yeah. And I've never been to visit anybody at a prison or jail, but I would assume that that's what it felt like and that's what you have to do, but it gets better. I I walk through the door, the gentleman then, of course I have to stand in front of this device so that way it can take my temperature after he makes me pick up a mask, but then tells me, don't put the mask on your face because the device has to read it. But the device is yelling at me to put the mask on my face. And he goes, no, don't put it on your face. Okay, so which is it that I'm supposed to do? So anyway, it takes my temperature. I then put the mask on. And then we walk through another set of doors in which I immediately see four men behind this large bench and then another man off to my right who I have to hand my driver's license to because he has to write down all my information he was very very nice we had actually spoken to that man several times outside um, the courthouse on the steps so I give them all that information I'm then instructed to put my items in these little wooden boxes so they can go through the x-ray machines okay fine they're not giving me any information though that's what's odd they're They're literally putting the box down and he's pointing and I'm asking him, do I put both of them in this box? Because you can see that these are very full envelopes. They won't fit. Should I have two boxes? They're not talking to me. Nobody is talking to me so they can see that one won't fit. So he grabs another one and he puts it down. I hold up my pen and since he's not talking to me and I put the pen in the box, I go through, now I have to go through security, to get in, I'm the only one in the building besides lots wait, and lots wait, of wait, other wait. people.
2: So, 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 so you're going through all this, and you're still not through with security.
6: I'm what? still not through secu- Damn, security. Damn. Wait, I still have funny. to go through security.
2: Okay, so all it's this easier
6: to get through security. TSA.
2: Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. that's what it sounds like. I was like, did you take your shoes off? Your belt? Did they? Oh, that's What's coming. Next? Yes. What? Anal probes? Please don't say there were anal probes because this sounds really crazy. This sounds crazy already. I'm sure everyone is, um, I'm just trying to digest this. You go, you're not allowed to hand over and get a stamp and get it civilly, you know, put on the books at a clerk. You're supposed to drop it in a box. Uh, You have to go through all this. You have to leave your personal belongings outside of the courthouse to enter You have no phone. You just have your documents and a pen that you asked to have with you. So you go through all of this and you're still not past security when there's no one in the building but you and these security people. Correct. That's insane.
6: Keep going. So I then am escorted. um, And, again, there's not a whole lot of talking. And I am kind of happily chatty with all of these men, just trying to lighten the mood and figuring You know, there's an awful lot of men, it's very intimidating. They were extremely intimidating. So I'm going to counteract that with smiles and say hello and you know, tell them I'm very excited to be here and just act, hey, it's my first time in a federal courthouse. I told them that. I was just very happy and bubbly and everything else. This is look at what I'm gonna do. I was very proud of what I was going to do and it I made sure that my emotions expressed that. So, I got nothing in return. It was like I was talking to freaking robots. So, they instruct me to go through the metal detectors, which I set off. Then, all of a sudden, I see three more come out from the back of the room. They just kind of step out, and that's how I got my total count of how many U.S. Marshals were actually in the room. And I haven't made it through security yet.
2: Stop, I wanna clarify, did you just say US Marshals?
6: Yes, I said US Marshals, because so I was US, able to read US. the bag.
2: Okay, so there were US Marshals there when you were going to drop off your case. Yes. Okay, let's keep yes. going, just
6: clarifying. So, everyone is. They send me back through the metal detector, I was wearing a belt. So I went, okay, I didn't understand the process. I said, oh, this is like the airport. Okay, I take off my belt. I make a joke. I said, do I have to take my shoes off too because they're vans and really, I don't, they're just a pain in the ass. Do I really have to take them off? And they just kind of looked at me and I went, okay, I'm gonna take that as a no and I'm just gonna leave them on because there's no metal in them. And then I start going, oh wait, and I grabbed at my chest. I'm like, I got an underwire bra on. Do I need to deal with that? I actually got a motion out of somebody. And one guy on the other side of metal detector just kind of waved to me and went, okay, you can come on through now. So I walked through the metal detector. He goes, see, you're all good. That was the first words that were literally spoken to me. I get, I collect my things again. I'm just escorted. I'm kind of ushered. So I see the four guys who are standing behind um, this desk I see the other guy who's standing off to the side, who took my very nice gentleman, actually, by the way, who took my driver's license and information. So the four guys were standing there all with very large sidearms on them, every single one of them. Every single one of them, when you read their, their name tag said US Marshal. Because I had to walk around them from the little metal detector, I'm sorry, not the little metal detector, big metal detector, you gotta walk through to get my files. Pieces of paper that I'm not going to harm anybody with, but pieces of paper had to go through the X machine. I get it. It's federal building. I collect my things. I have to stand there and put my belt on. I am literally surrounded on all sides by six armed men.
2: Okay, just so people understand, you went through the pre-security stuff. Then you went through the security stuff where you had to remove your belt. Ask, do I take my bra and shoes off? the bra got them to say something, right? And so now you're past that, and after your papers come through the x-ray machines, you're boxed in by six marshals, correct? Correct. Excellent, so now you're boxed in by six marshals.
6: I'm boxed in by six marshals while I put my belt on, because they are trying to make sure that I do not go anywhere. So again, I can read the room, I see what's going on, they're keeping eye contact, but then they're looking away and then somebody else is keeping eye contact because of course they're trained people. I, I understand this. So, and I'm making sure that I'm aware of my surroundings. Hold on, so
2: Sammy, I'm, question. People are like, why were you alone? Can you explain to them how they didn't let other people go with you?
6: Uh, since I was the one who was filing and I was the one doing it, they didn't allow anybody else in the building, just me.
2: Okay. I just wanted to clarify it because people had questions like, why didn't you have someone else? So you went in there, you had no phone to record or call for help. You went through two stages of security and then you were boxed in by six marshals. Correct. And now,
6: now after I get my belt on, I collect my two packages and my lucky pen that they allowed me to have. I am then again, as I move around the one side of the, the belt that had the boxes with, the, with my documents on it. Because I stood on the back side of the belt with basically my back to the wall. So I could see the room and I could see all the men observing me. I walked around to the other side of the belt. And then I'm immediately, it's like they're walking with me. Then I'm immediately ushered into this room that has no lights they don't turn on the lights it's completely dark
2: wait a minute they take you to a room that has no lights on correct are you did you ask him yo can can i get some light in here correct i
6: did oh my gosh and and the gentleman said well no here's the drop box this is what and i said okay well is." Can we turn on some lights? Is there instructions? There was a piece of paper taped to this little itty bitty box. Um, It looks like this plastic, uh, like plastic mailbox, honestly, a little bit bigger than a mailbox. It it just had a slot that you fold down and then you put the thing in and push it up. But it wasn't, when I got to it, it wasn't even big enough to hold the manila envelope. Um, But, anyways, I'm taped on top was a piece of paper. So there, you could see there was, that's where the the clerk of court, um, that's their office, the clerk of court's office. Um, um, So they had all the glass closed. Everything was dark. Everything was locked up. Um, So that's where you would go. I would imagine to get your filing stamped and, you know, pay your, pay your fees and everything like that. Um, But of course, everything is just dark and looks like it hasn't been used in, some time. Now that's just my observation. So I'm not making any assumptions. On the sheet of paper, it gives you no instructions on what to do. It just tells you that basically we're going to process this within 24 hours. We, you can send a payment in after we tell you what that payment is going to be. There's so little information on this form and I can't, I have no phone, I have no way to copy it. I have no piece of paper to write it down. There was no way for me to obtain a piece of paper for me to copy the information down because there's not a stitch of it in there. So the gentleman just leaves me in the room and they all wait right outside the door and just kind of shuffle
2: back and forth. So these marshals, all six of them, We're standing outside the door guarding you in this dark room where you're supposed to feel your way through, not read the notice that's on the box and try to get your paperwork in there. Like, did it even fit your paperwork? Like what happened?
6: It did not even fit my paperwork. So that's where there was a little, the box was there and then there was a little table. So I put my two envelopes on the table and I actually wrote some nice notes to the clerks figured again, I need to be nice. I'm going to be pleasant. If you're pleasant to people, generally they're pleasant back to you. And that's what you need to be doing anyways. Right? So that's what I was doing, thanking them, hoping that they enjoyed the envelopes, apologizing if it wasn't the correct envelope, but we couldn't get any manila envelopes. So hope they had a blessed day. Hope they have a nice day. You know, thank you so much for doing this. And then I go to stick it in the box. I go to put the first envelope in the box and it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit sideways. It doesn't fit lengthwise. So I have to kind of angle it, and I'm trying to wedge it in there, and then it won't close and drop down. So it's taking me some time. I'm being observed. And now, mind you, it wasn't six, because after I went through security and said what I had to say, I had watched three more come out. So there was four at the desk, There's two security guards, and three more had come from the back of that room. So there were seven and two security guards. Oh, and I did see uh, one little guy who had, and I say little because I'm short and he was like shorter than me. Uh, But he did have an earpiece in. And again, U.S. Marshal. Lots of guns. For an empty room, for no court, for it to supposedly be closed. Oh, and I did ask them to before I went into the dark room is court in session? Are you still having court? Is it virtual? Are there cases going on? I explained to them, I said, I, I apologize for all the questions. I've never been in a federal courthouse. I'm excited. I'm, an, I'm a citizen. I'm doing this for the first time. I've worked really hard on this. I'm just trying to figure this all out. And the, the one man did say, it's here or there. So I did get that. Before I went to the dark room. I forgot I forgot he, about that. He said what? It's hit or miss.
2: Hit or miss if they have quartz? Yes. It's hit or miss. Dang.
6: Okay. So back, to, on the, on. back to the dark yeah. room. I get the first envelope finally in um, after I've kind of folded it. So when they open this thing, Um, You know, unfortunately, the papers may be a little crunched or they're probably going to be corners are going to be bent, which they're going to be pissed off about because, you know, it's just something for them to nitpick. But this is the box that they have given us. And I wish I would have had a camera so I could have taken a picture of it. I'm going to find a picture of what this thing is on the Internet because it looks like something you could buy off Amazon and stick in a room, honestly. I go to put the second folder in or the second envelope in, which is my envelope, which we, I barely got to say, conspiracy helped me. He barely got my documents in because I had so many documents into this envelope. So barely close. So trying to wedge it into this very small space that is not meant to accept a manila envelope. Again, it wasn't fitting. Lo and behold, all of a sudden there's a man's hand in In my purview, right there, and I almost smashed his fingers.
2: Because all of a sudden... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There was a man's hands inside the box or on your side of the box? That's creepy.
6: On my side of the box, because here comes sneaky, sneaky Mr. Marshall with a very large sidearm standing right next to me who had come out of nowhere, which, frankly, I need to freshen up on my skills a little bit because I didn't hear him come in at all. Very well trained because I didn't hear the door creak and it was a glass door and they all kind of have those little creak in the hinge. When you open, I didn't hear nothing when he came in. Next thing I know, his hand is right there and he put his hand in to try to push my envelope to try to help me. And I literally told him, I said, I almost crushed your fingers because I had no idea you were standing there. And he's like, Oh, you know, and he just kind of stepped back just a little bit and he's like, yeah, you know, See, and but he wasn't saying complete sentences, he wasn't really talking, and I'm like I'm thinking to myself the whole time, what the fuck is going on? This is like something out of a sci-fi movie. It's not real. This is this is a trip, and I could literally disappear in a second. And the people outside would have no idea. Because I'm surrounded by men with guns, only here to do my civic duty to protect my rights to protect my child and they're not letting me do it Yeah, they're trying to just force me out of the building
2: right they took your phone which you left there which they probably scanned your phone looked through all your shit copied all your stuff they forced you to leave your stuff out there
6: well, I did leave it in the hands with with my friends that were outside. Okay, so I didn't.
2: Perfect. That's fantastic. So for all of you out there, don't go by yourself. Have a handbag monitor. We did the same thing in Ohio. All of us were on handbag duty. Or you know, uh, for everyone else, the only thing we took in there was our ID and paperwork, just to make it quick. But okay, so people need to understand this is just an average citizen fighting for her child, and she's describing to you just how. Weird it was, like, you know, one of those Twilight Zone movies where she wasn't allowed a phone. She wasn't allowed to go with anyone. And then they put her in a dark room to kind of feel her way through the dark to figure out how to file these things. So this guy pops up probably to help you because you're taking too long. And then what happens?
6: Um, I finally get mine to get in the slot. Well, it's not slot, slot. Um, but I finally get it in there. I get the door closed and then it won't drop. And I looked at him and I went, I'm not leaving this room until that thing hits the bottom of the box. And he just looked at me and he's like, yes, ma'am. And I went, "It's. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to give me this because it needs to hit the bottom of that box. I am making sure that this goes in and I'm not walking out. So lo and behold, I opened it again. And there's my folder. So I had to continually kind of shove it down and push it and, and get it. And Finally, I hear it hit the bottom of the box and I close the door and he looked at me and he adjusted his mask and and I went, OK, now I'm satisfied. It hit the bottom of the box and he goes, once it's in there, we don't touch it. We have nothing to do with it. It doesn't make much sense. It doesn't look like it can even fit the envelopes that are being provided. Or you know, it doesn't even look like it would fit a Manila. I don't even know if he said a Manila envelope though. Um, but I think he said just the envelope in general. He goes, but this is this is what it is. And I went, it doesn't matter. I got it done. It's all good. It's great. I'm gonna. I'll be back. You know, I'm gonna get this stamped. We're gonna. We're going to fight our way through this because I just did my duty and I am here as an American citizen and I am defending my rights. And he looked at me and he just went, yes, ma'am. And so then he walked behind me as I went to walk out of the room. And as I walked out of the room, I could scan. And of course, you still have the, the four armed men who are behind the desk. You still have the two security guards and then you still have the three armed men who are at the back of the room it, this is basically in the lobby. So now I have a total of an eight count as I'm walking out. There's nobody else in this building or in this lower level that I know of besides myself. They've already sent me through security. They've already checked everything I have. I have eight armed, fully armed men, some with earpieces in their ear and court is supposedly Closed, but yet it's open. So, what the hell is going on? There's definitely something going on. There's definitely intimidation. And the only thing that that does is piss me off even more. And that means I'm going to fight even harder. And I'm going to encourage even more people because this is exactly what we need to do. I don't give a damn what they have on their hip. I don't care what they do because all they did was stand there and look tough. And if that's what they're going to do, well, they get out of my way because I got work to do. Kids are more important. If they're going to stand up and do it,
2: get out. That's exactly it. And the thing is, what people need to realize is if you don't stand up now and fight where you still have rights on paper, you're fucked later. See, people like Sammy, they don't have to worry about shit. She'll be fine. She has faith in herself and she's ready to stand up. And she went through that. I would have been like calling that shit out. I wouldn't have been putting love notes. I would have been like, what kind of fuckery is this on the envelope? I'm just saying you're not nicer than I am because I'll call that stuff out. But in a nice way, it wouldn't be like fuckery. It would be like, this is odd. You know, I'd make sure that it's on the record. But that, that should tell you all just how terrified they are of people actually standing up for themselves. And the more you push, ooh, the faster they succumb you need to stand up so sammy this is all done you filed it so now what are you waiting for they're going to call you email you what are they going to do how are they going to get your money to file this
6: i don't know but i'm going back tomorrow because supposedly that's when they do it that's when they do their work because they come in on tuesdays and thursdays so if that's when they come in is on tuesdays and thursdays well guess what I'm going back there because tomorrow's Tuesday. I want the damn case number. I want the summons signed. I want to deliver them. I got a school board meeting tomorrow night. There'd be nothing sweeter.
2: To give them the fucking summons. You can't. You have to have have your friends do it. You have
6: to. I know. Oh, my gosh. There was was three of us. So how awesome would it be to just go to that school board meeting because it's all the same and live. Literally, we're handing it off. I know we can't deliver our own cases, but we we still get the sense We get to see that because at the last scoreboard meeting that I was at, I told them, "Y'all can be replaced. Y'all can be voted out, and we are coming for you. Because if you think you've heard the last of us, you're stupid. Because you fucked up. You messed with our kids, and I'm not going to sit down and take it lightly. It's not going to happen."
2: And Sammy, I'm coming you can record all of that, so we can share it on Twitter. Says even though I'll be at the funeral, you know I'll be sharing everything. So I guess that would be like in the evening. So I'll make sure. I think funeral services are done at about eight nine o'clock, and I know that's about the time you'll be at your school board meeting. So that's fantastic. I'll be waiting with bells on to hear from you and share this every single person out there should be getting mad. If this doesn't make you mad that they're trying to keep you out of the courts, if some of you are sitting there, oh, that's like really scary. I don't know if I want to do it. You know what's scary? When they come to your house and drag you out by your hair. You know what's scary? When they take your kid away from you because they said so. You know what's scary? When they tell you you're not allowed to eat because they said so. All of you are going to be like, how many vaccines? Give them all. I don't give a shit if I die. Save me. No one's going to save you. So this is a time where you can actually rise up. And if that doesn't piss you off, then excuse my French. You're a pussy. So um, you know what? Don't excuse my French. You're pussies if you can't stand up. And, you know, vaginas, you know, are this is where the battle of the fittest goes. Who ran and got the vaccines first? Who's sitting there and being a yes man? Who's doing all these things? You need to get up and stand up. Louisiana just brought it. Ohio's already brought it. The next states, let's go. I know Arizona right now as we're speaking. They're filing their writ of mandamus in the Supreme Court. Let's get it going. You guys have your state group. You don't have to be a lawyer. You can read English. If you need help with legal stuff, hmm. There's a lot of people out there that can help you. And that's the way it should be done. We should all be pulling together. Sammy, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Who wants to go next, Kelly or Valerie?
7: I'll go Tori, Valerie. Hey, Valerie. Hey. Just like you
2: and Conspiracy and Sammy, I I am so proud of you. You have no idea how how proud I am because It only takes one person to do it. That's the only reason I did it. Because if I can do it, anybody can do it. Um, and, and, And you guys are a living example of that. This is why we need more people to keep doing it. You know, all the other people in Ohio did it. They didn't know what they were doing. They just went with it. They're like, these are my kids. These are our rights. We should stand up. Everyone should be doing it. So now, Valerie, tell everyone what you did and what you went through step by step.
7: Okay, Tori, thank you. Um, I don't have standing, but I wanted to be there to support Kelly and the other people that were filing. It's very important to me. Um, Kelly has been through a lot. Her story is horrific, Tori. It's absolutely horrific. I cried when I heard it and I wanna do everything to support her. Um, We did have a group of people that showed up um, with signs. So we had a lot of support. They knew we were there because we were outside for quite some time we saw a lot of people coming out to look at us, out peeking through windows. Uh, got a lot of honks, got a lot of support. And on the way to the courthouse, we found out that their card machine wasn't working. So I did a U turn. <laughs> I need to make sure that um, we could, that Kelly would be able to pay for the case knowing that the card machine was out. Um, that would have been just another roadblock. So Thank God we found that out. And um, like I said, I was there to support Kelly. I went in with her. Our story's not quite as dramatic. Um, I went in with her. Uh, The courthouse was very empty, but pleasant. We went through security. We had to go through a metal detector. They had to scan uh, her bag. They had to um, ask us all our COVID questions um, and give us a mask, of course. Which Kelly wasn't happy about. <laughs> Neither was I, but um, you know, whatever. We were going to get this filed. And uh, the security actually was very sympathetic to us. Kelly had a very patriotic um, shirt on. And before we went upstairs, each one of them had a Trump 1 sticker. So we went upstairs to the clerk of court's office, and I think we caught them off guard. <laughs> if Kelly's intent was to follow a perfect case she failed but if we if if our intent was to do a to cause a stir we succeeded and um, when we went into the room the first thing i noticed was all the women in the room didn't have their masks on so when we went into the room they all put them on told us to put ours on and it was a very small very hot room and of course we were fired up to be there. We were excited. Kelly had not slept. She's been working hours and hours and hours on her case. She wants to stand up not only for herself, but for her child. And she's been attacked. Um, her, her story is just, uh, I I feel for her and I'm going to be here for her throughout this whole process. All of us are, um, I was there just for support. You know, they let me in. So I was there. Uh, We did have to take our phones outside and that whole thing, but um, we had them in safe hands. Um, The filing process, and I'll let Kelly speak to this a little bit, it was frustrating. Uh, We're going to make mistakes. When we would ask questions, they wouldn't really give us answers. And if they did, it was very condescending. I'm not five. I'm just not an attorney. Just tell me, you know, just tell us, you know, answer our questions. Um, when they handed us an inst- instruction form because she had not completed a cover sheet, civil cover sheet, it was instructions for an- attorneys. And I said, you know, we had followed, she had followed the online pro se handbook. However, um, you know, things get missed uh, when you're tired and you've been working hours and hours on a case. Um, and they Told us that it hadn't been updated in a while. So some of the stuff on there was incorrect. So I asked them if they could please update it so citizens and mamas like her can, uh, you know, uh, fight for their children's rights without, um, you know, at least update your handbook. That would be, you know, great for y'all to do. So uh, we were losing patience through the course of it all. We couldn't breathe. It was hot. We asked to take our masks off. They said, no, you have to have them on the entire time you're in here. They didn't abide by that rule but you know whatever so we did it get we did get it filed and we did get it paid for even though i was told i couldn't pay for it if i didn't have the exact change or she couldn't pay for it if we had the exact change and you know i said will you keep the change and she said no so we were able to find some quarters to meet their you know exact change are you needs kidding me are you kidding me really no, I'm
2: not Okay, I would have just taken it and left it on the counter, I'm just saying. Oh, but <laughs> they can't give you change, right? That's so ridiculous. Yeah. So th- so first of all, they haven't even updated their stuff. That's a that's a big deal. And I can't wait to hear from Kelly, too. But the fact that they were giving you so much crap is just ridiculous, you know, and constantly reinforcing how you need a lawyer is
7: yeah. just terrible. Yeah, it- exactly and and she would respond I'm not I can't give you legal advice and it's like we don't want legal advice we just want you to answer a simple, a simple question what do we need like do you have everything is there something we miss we're missing what is the process they I asked for a docket number for Kelly they said you'll have to call back later and get that with a, which I think she did she wasn't assigned a judge though as far as we know um, she did not do a TRO so we weren't expecting anything back on that and uh, but her case is very compelling and um you know we were able to get it get it filed and get out of there uh we you know so we were successful in that manner in that manner and on the way out the security stopped me he said what is, this is kind of a cool experience he said what are you first of all he said don't look at the wall and I said why and when I turned around I saw Kamala's face and Joe Biden's face and I said oh okay so um he said, I, what are y'all doing? I said, we're fighting against the mask mandates and for the children, um, they're being mistreated. Uh, we're fighting for rights. And, and I said, this isn't just here, this is all over the country. And he said, well, I just want you to know, and you tell all your friends outside, we're on your side. We're the good guys. So um, that was kind of a cool experience that that you know, we did have some support there. But, um, yeah, we got it done and we'll fix what problems there are and then we'll, we'll serve her
2: 17. Wait, you cut out. You said 17. Uh, you said you cut out. You said you're going to serve her. What? Oh my gosh. It's like the number 17 is not loud to be heard. Say it again. What?
7: Serve I know. At- it's pleasure. We will serve. We will serve her. Defendants.
2: Oh my gosh. We still can't hear it. Like you're cutting out. I think that number's banned on the airwaves, huh? Can
1: okay. you hear me now, Tori?
2: Yeah, I can hear you now. Hello,
7: Tori. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I said, I said, I said, with great pleasure, we will serve her 17 defendants.
2: That is fantastic. 17 defendants. was That's incredible. That is incredible. See, it's like. Nobody likes that number 17. They don't like the letter Q. The more you use it, the more they freak out. You know, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? How it all boils down to that. 16 plus one. Um, thank you, Valerie, for sharing that with us. And guys, You're welcome. see, Valerie didn't have standing, but she was there to stand by another mom that was fighting. And this is just one of many fights, mandatory vaccines are coming and we've got more fights to fight. And it's important that we stay together and that we're united in this front and in this fight, all of us. So um, uh, I'm gonna ask Kelly, Kelly, would you tell everyone everything? The floor is yours.
8: Well, hello, sorry. <laughs> Um, I'm not quite sure what else I can say besides how frustrating it is and how difficult they made it for just me as a mom just trying to to fight for my kids. Um, Valerie pretty much covered all the situation of the, you know, we had to leave our phones and um, we had to go through the metal detectors and whatnot. We were led upstairs. Well, actually, they told us where to go. It was the clerk of courts office. And like she said, when we went in, there was no mask. Uh, by the way, I walked all the way from the metal detectors with the mask in my hand, and I actually didn't do it on purpose. Um, when I, when we entered the room in the clerk of courts office, right when I walked up to that counter. Before a word could come out my mouth, the girl said, I need you to put your mask on. I'm not used to it. It's not something I've ever put on my face since the beginning of COVID. I never put one on and I swore I never would. But of course, you you have to do what you have to do when it comes to you. children. I had to follow the rules. And as Valerie said, they made it very, very difficult. Um, Every time we would ask a question, it was, um, you know, um, well, we can't give legal advice. Well, I'm not asking you for legal advice. All I did was ask you, what do you need? Okay, so this is this is the situation when Valerie said, hold,
2: it's, hold on, hold on, Kelly. hold on a second, Kelly. Hey, Valerie, Sammy, um, would you drop off only because I think the bandwidth is throttling the voices? Because we still have um, Jennifer and Conspiracy on. And it's like, there's a lot of people and that's why it was probably cutting out when um, Sammy was talking too. Okay, go ahead.
8: Sorry. Okay, so um, I, handed, I handed her the lawsuit and she informed me that it was, she, actually, she went through it and she looked at the last page and she said, well, uh, so did you sign? Now she's looking at the last page. She can see that I didn't sign it. And as Valerie told you, I've been up for God knows how many hours and thank God for the support that I've had with everybody. I've made some really good new friends through all this and Valerie, of course, and a, a, a lot of other people in the group has been really helpful. Um, but when you haven't had a lot of sleep <laughs> and a whole lot of coffee and very anxious to get this done, um, you forget things. So, I didn't realize that I was supposed to type my name, my address, and my phone number with a signature line where I could sign when I handed it in. Um, So, she's looking at the last page and she realizes there's nothing there. And she said, Well, you know, uh, did you sign? And I said, Well, no, I I didn't realize I had to. And um, I said, I may, you know, I may have skipped that part in the pro se handbook because we were following the pro se handbook. And so she hands it back to me and I said, well, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm willing to sign it. I said, I mean, I'm a I'm the plaintiff. So my address is that, you know, on that first seat. Um, but I can I can add my phone number. Of course, you know, I'm willing. <laughs> so she hands it back to me and I'm starting to write and I'm just reiterating what she says. And I'm like, OK, so I need to put my name, my address and my phone number. And she keeps on saying, well, uh, I can't give you legal advice. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense now. You that has nothing to do with what I just said. <laughs> so I'm asking her again, and she just keeps on saying the same thing over and over again. And finally, I said, she says that I'm being argumentative because I'm asking her how she wants me to put it on the paper, and
2: well, I can't. Get at right. least she didn't call you a hussy, Kelly. Right? Well, I you know what? <laughs> because I was just like, "Hi," all I said was my name. I'm just following up. Yeah, you're rude, and it's like, what hussy? Anyway, oh. um, it's like they hate us. Go on.
8: Oh, you could tell. I mean, you could tell she didn't want us there. And the girls, the other girls behind the desk was staring at us the whole time. And get this, one of the guys that were, um, I guess security down at the bottom whenever we first came in, he walked, he came in the room after us, I think. Uh, but I seen him go around the, the desk and he went and sit in a chair back there. And he watched us the whole time. I don't know if it was because they need security up there when somebody's up there or whatnot, but he was there. Um, that's later on in the story, though. We find out that he's on our side. But so um, so I sign my name and I write my address and my phone number. And, you know, I do my signature and whatnot and I give it back to her. And now I've already made two copies, you know, the, the original copy. And I made a copy because the pro se says I have to have that. But I didn't pull out the second copy. So she was just going to, like, she was going to let me leave after I just, you know, I gave, I gave her, well, of course, you know, we had to give her the money. And like Valerie said, I had to, thank God I had kids because I had to dig quarters out my purse. So she wouldn't even, I mean, Valerie offered to leave her an $18 tip, tip. <laughs> and, and she wouldn't take it. Like, you know what I mean? It's not a tip, but she wouldn't even, they have to have the exact, exact, It doesn't make any sense but anyway so i get the quarters out and we we hand it to her and first of all she assumed that we couldn't pay for it because right at the beginning right when i handed her the lawsuit she tells me uh, that i need to have the inform i don't know how you say it informa paupress so she's already assuming that we can that i can't afford it so then valerie informs her no, no no we have the money so you know so we get that done and whatnot and, um, so then she says, uh, well, I said, okay, so I don't get anything back. Like, um, you know, I, I'm not an attorney, so I don't know what happens next. And it doesn't say it in the handbook, of course. And, uh, um, <clears throat> she says, well, did you, out the, uh, the, uh, did you print out the civil cover sheet? Well, of course that's one thing again, you know, being up all night and, um, I said, no, she said, well, I have, um, it, it's in the handbook. And I said, okay, um, well, I mean, she said, well, I can offer you one. I said, oh, great. You know, so she goes to grab one and then she turns to the girl behind her and she goes, Hey, can you give me the updated civil cover sheet? Because the one that, um, that's in the pro se handbook is invalid now. So even if I would have had it, it still wouldn't have been sufficient. That is absolutely
2: out of date. They weren't updated to advise citizens to be able to use it. And yet they were going to hold you accountable for not doing their job in the first place.
8: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So like, she's looking at me like you forgot all these things, but yet your, your, your website's not even updated. So how am I supposed to know? Yeah. It just, none of it made sense. Like it, and she, and like, I said at every time it was ridiculous. you could tell she didn't want there and she her, her sweet time I'm just gonna say it that way I was dying with the mask on I was getting really frustrated and you know I was cracking remarks um, because I'm um, that's the kind of person I am and of course I, I had to dial that back just to get it done but it was, yeah, and so, okay, so after, after I fill, she gives us the, the civil cover sheet, and like Valerie said, it comes with instructions. So the second page is instructions, but it's instructions for an attorney. It's made for an attorney to fill out. So there's no instructions for me, <laughs> only an attorney. So me and Valerie are sitting there like, okay, so we gotta try to figure out what's going on on this paperwork. So most of it was pretty plain and simple. But then there was some questions we had. And when any question we asked, of course, we got the same response. We can't give you legal advice. Well, I wasn't asking for legal advice. I was asking, I mean, I don't even remember what it was. It was something so simple. So anyway, so we fill out, we fill out the paperwork and handed back to her. And I said, she's, she's like, okay. I said, so what now? Like what happens next? Like she wasn't offering any kind of instruction whatsoever. Or any kind of um, how you know how it goes from here. So I said, okay. So are you you're not going to give me any kind of paperwork back, or you know, I I guess I assumed or I thought maybe I had read where you were going to give me something back. And she said, well, if you have a um, if you have a copy, you know, um, I can I can sign I can stamp it that it was received. And I said, okay. Well, I do have that. So I pull out the copy and I give it to her. And of course. She has to go page by page and make sure every page is exactly correct on both of them.
2: Wait, what? She's only stamping one page, but she needed to check all of them were copied in order to say that they received it.
8: Well, I'm guessing, uh, I'm assuming that she had to make sure that the copy matched the original two to the T. before she would would stamp my copy. I filed
2: my case and the clerk took it. He stamped the civil cover sheet, right? Gave me that and took the case. That was it. So I'm like super confused right now. Why did they make it so difficult for you there? What's going on in Louisiana?
8: I have no idea. I have no idea. I just know that I wanted, I just wanted out of that room that mask off my face. I, I was so aggravated, and finally, okay. So she gets through the pages and she hands me the copy back. Now I have to ask again because, of course, she doesn't say anything. I have to ask again. So okay. So what happens next? Um, you're not going to give me a docket number. Well, I called it a docket number. They call it case number, whatever. And she's she said, um, well, no, we won't have that right now. So instead of saying, hey you can call and get that later. She just said, no, we're not gonna have that right now. So I had, I had to pull everything out of her. Every single thing I had to ask, I had to ask a question, like she wouldn't offer anything. So finally, um, I said, okay, so can I, can I call for it? And she said, yes. I said, okay, so what time are y'all open till? I said, you know, I'm just guessing probably around four 30. And she said, well, the inside is open till 430, but you can call till five. I said, "Okay, well, I'll call. I'll call, you know, so that's when we leave the room. I don't think I'm forgetting anything, but that's when we leave the room. And um, the guy, the security guard, I guess I don't know what he was, but he follows us down the stairs again. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. So he pulls me aside and he's like, "I, you know, I really like your shirt. And I said, "Oh, I'm glad, you know that's that's awesome." And I said, "You want to you want to Trump one sticker?" So I'm like handing Trump one stickers out because I made some really good friends lately that love doing that. So I'm handing Trump one stickers out left and right, and uh, he's like, "No, you gave me one already downstairs." <laughs> so I'm like, "Oh, okay." He said, uh, "I just can't put it on, you know, because it's it's my job or whatnot." And and I said, "Oh, okay. Well, um, I said, well, you need." I said if you on our side you need to stand you need to stand up you need to stand up for truth and he um he went on to say you know he was kind of hesitant about what he was going to say next and i was just like well where's i i'm i'm willing to live on the street i'm willing to live on the street to save my kids so i said actually i'm halfway there because i lost my job because of all this i have bills that need to be paid and i'm a single mother so probably be on the street pretty soon anyway.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. So, Kelly, I just want to tell you, so you're doing it yourself. You're a single mom, you have bills to pay, right? You're responsible for your kids. You're going to win the ability to represent your kid just like I will. That is how I'm going to fight it too. I am so proud of you that you did it. Do you want to share with us, like, you know, what you filed? Because I know your case is a little bit different than just, you know, the mask, but there were like adverse effects, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken.
8: Yes. Um, okay, so um the first day of school I, I sent um I have two children and I sent my um my youngest, my seven year old to school without a mask. I'm not gonna mention too much with my daughter because the only thing they did was um pull her aside to a um a side office while I while I was while they called me and made me come pick her up. But my son, my seven year old, now granted you have to take into account that um last year my kids were virtual as well because of the math and um so and then the year before that we came from a different district so he's never been in this school in the actual brick and mortar school he's never met i mean we we've, we've, we don't we don't have any friends or family around you know that that knows anybody that went to the school so he doesn't have friends yet. He doesn't know any teachers. He doesn't recognize any faces. So this is a seven-year-old. Okay. He walks into the he walks into the school. They pull him aside and um, and ask him to put his mask on. I guess they assumed. I actually, I actually thought we were going to get stopped in the car rider line. I didn't expect him to be able to get out the car, but I guess they assumed he had one in his book sack. So he walks into school and they tell him to put his mask on. And uh, he's hollering in the background. Hold on one second. <laughs> um, so they, they, they ask him to put his mask on, and and he says, you know, he doesn't even have one. So they basically offer him one. And you know, here we're going to give you one. And he, And we had already we had already talked about this. He knew exactly why. He shouldn't wear one and he didn't want to wear one so he was very polite and he told the teacher um my mama said i don't have to wear that so they said okay um so come with us they they escorted him to um an isolation classroom um now this in this classroom there's nothing but, you know, a you know, couple of deaths or whatnot from what I can get from his account of his experience. Um, no adult supervision. So after they walk him to walk him into the classroom, they leave. He starts to cry. He's seven years old. He's in a place he's never been in before. He recognizes no faces. And now he's alone. He starts to cry. Um This is, you know, this is his account of what he's telling me. So they tell him, they told him to sit down. He's, he's, he's crying. He's upset. He's traumatized. I mean, this to me is child abuse. This is child abuse. Um, he did tell me that. And like I said, what, what I can imagine from his account is he's in a classroom, you know, there's a hallway. So So there's.
2: so, so, So let me just ask, you have two kids that are school aged or just one. I have two, but the other one is at a different school. Okay, so this one is the one at the one school, right? Right. Okay. Right. Not the younger um, one that was talking. Go.
8: Wait, say that again?
2: Was it the younger one that was screaming? No, they didn't. That's not the one, right?
8: No, that, that is that is him. But he... <laughs> I think he misunderstood what we, what I was saying, but... Stop.
2: You don't yeah. even have to explain. My daughter will sit there and she's 15. Yeah. And she jumps in. She's like, no. And I'm like, dude, why would you? Oh, I didn't know you were talking about that. That's exactly how they go. Uh, yeah, exactly. Phoebe does that. No, Phoebe, does, she's 15 and she does shit like that. And it's like, why don't you keep your mouth shut? Don't jump, jump in the middle conversation. I mean, as adults, we fuck up. Uh, let oh, us- yeah.
8: The teenagers is even worse. Okay. I, have this, I have a 13 year old as well.
2: Yeah. So, okay. So the little one was segregated completely. Was he in suspension? Like, why did the teachers do that?
8: Because he wouldn't, because he wouldn't put a mask on. So he was, I, I, I'm not even sure if they told him that they were going to call his mom, but so they, they put him in this room so they could come so they could call me and tell me, you know, that he won't, he won't actually the, the phone call, is all recorded and everything. So this is all exhibits. Um, But yeah, so they, um, they put him in this room, he's crying, he's traumatized. Um, So there's people walking down, back and forth down the hallway. And this one person talked to him the whole time he was in that room. They stuck it, they stuck their head in Now now you got to figure this is a seven year old. Now he's traumatized. He's crying. And there's nothing for him to do. So he's sitting in this room, thing, like I, I could about imagine what's going through his head, and he, So now he's standing up, you know. He's ADD. <laughs> he's like, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I... Can you make a seven year old sit down? Because I can't. But anyway, so make a fifteen year old sit down. Are you kidding? Are you yeah, kidding?
2: exactly? <laughs> like actually know. Like this is why I get upset when I see parents. You know, on a plane getting yelled at Because their kids aren't wearing their masks And it's like, dude, you're probably childless Because I don't care how old the kid is They're going to do what they want And we're not allowed to spank them anymore, right? So we're only allowed to use our words And it's like, hey, words are Put that shit on or we're getting arrested And the kids are like, yeah, don't give a fuck They don't even know what that means They probably Nice fun ride. But I, I, I so you've recorded the call. So you submitted that as part of your exhibits to your case on what they did yeah. to your child. OK, keep going. Yeah.
8: OK, so um, somebody sticks their head in the classroom and he's standing up at this time.
9: This is the only
8: words that was said to him after he was led to the classroom. Sit down. Sit down. That's it. So, okay. So in the meantime, they're calling, I'm on the phone with both the principals because of course, you know, I I got the inevitable call from, from my daughter's principal as well. And um, like I said, they're both recorded conversations uh, because I knew it was coming and they, all I can say is they blame, of course they blame the mandate. Everything was the mandate, the governor's mandate. And I said, well, Y'all keep talking y'all keep blaming the mandate but obviously y'all not following it because the mandate says we can have exemptions but yet y'all decided y'all decided to make a rule where these exemptions have to be signed off by a physician. I said and do you know how hard it is to get a physician to sign off on on a medical exemption when they don't want to be liable for anything? They don't know what, you know, the legality legalities are about it or, or anything like that. It's, it's, it's hard to get that done over here. And so we just go on in the conversation and we're, I'm real civil with them because actually to tell you the true story, I I was empathetic for our position because to me, the principals don't want this fight. <clears throat> At the time, this is this was my mind frame. <clears throat> the principals don't need this fight. They don't want this fight. And I didn't want to have to bring this fight to them. But this is where this where the system has left me. I had to take it up with the principals. And then the principals, in turn, blame the next person. So, But the next person they blame is all the way higher up instead of going, going pointing the, you know, the finger at the school board, which is where it should have been pointed. It's pointed at the mandate. So anyway, during the two phone calls, they contradict each other. Um, they both basically tell me that um, the, the policy is the same across the district complete completely the same but yet i catch them both contradicting each other and i said so how is this the same when y'all are not in lockstep nothing i said because this this was the point point. one wanted to offer me two unexcused two excused absences until until i figured out my situation and talked it over with the school board or you know okay. whatever she was offering of the
2: situation in what sense that you comply and your kid wear a mask is that it are they refusing your child an education because the child doesn't want to wear a mask? Is that what you're telling me right now?
8: Exactly, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that would they. I guess they thought I would cave.
2: You are very civil. You are extremely civil. I would have flipped my top. I'd be like, bitch, I pay taxes <laughs> is going to school here. And if you're going to give him expulsion, bring it. There's casework for that. I cited one of those cases. During my discussion, there is casework for that. There's something called do the fuck process. And uh, so um, if it goes there, no, you don't take time out. You have them reprimand him. And every single time they put him in time out, you document that shit that they're legally reprimanding your child for following orders that make no sense and just keep doing that. Oh my gosh, you are patient <laughs> as a saint. I would have been all over that. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. I'm just like trying to clarify too, because I'm trying to envision and understand myself.
8: Well, about, about three or four years ago, that's the same way I'd have reacted Tori. I've, I've, I've tried, um, I've tried to do it that way. And I'm trying, and so I said, well, I guess I have to try to do it a different way this time. I'm just, so I'm, I'm just trying to, I guess, you know, the whole thing, I, I felt like you, you catch more bees with honey, you know, I, I don't know but anyway so i am talking to them about um you know one's offering me two unexcused two excused abscesses and the other one now the other one this is this is where it's um it gets interesting because the other one is a first time principal at this school and um she has a lot of friends in the the upper circles of my town i guess i'd say um She's very well known. And she, I guess she figured she was just going to be as strict as possible. And she, she offered me, at first she offered me one. She said she would give me one, one excused absence to work on my situation. And I said, well, hold up. I said, the other principal, my daughter's principal just offered me two. So like, I feel like I'm bargaining with them right here. Like, (laughs) you know, like, okay, so how much you going to give me? How much you going to give me? I mean, it, it was ridiculous. So she says, well, wait, I'm not, I'm not positive. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, I'm going to, while I'm on the phone with you, I'm going to contact the assistant superintendent and I'm going to ask her what exactly the policy is. Now, you see, I knew the policy because, um, before all this, before the first day of school, I received a leaked email that came from that, well, that came from, let's just say somebody anonymous. And um, it the email was from the assistant superintendent to the administration. So all the principals and their administration telling them how to deal with the situation that they knew was about to be on their front door. And it was disgusting. The
2: Federation did it. And I'm telling you, my case is going to go forward. Regardless, I don't care what court it's getting forward into. It's going to be fucking heard. I have a jury. I'm a, I, They want. A, they want a circus. Damn! I got a shit ton of monkeys to bring. That includes the Harambe's. All right. I got it all. And I'm with you on that because there's a lot of people that are like, well, you know, because of this, I pulled my kids out of school. Or why not just pull them out? And it's like, bitches, that's a cop out. That's like saying they have guns and I got sticks. So I'ma run, and you know, polish my
6: sticks.
2: Fuck that. You stand there and you say, No, I'm not pulling them out. You're going to do what I say and you're going to fight for your kids. Pulling them out to homeschool them, right, is all fine and dandy if that's what you intend. But if you're pulling them out because they're making rules and mandates, you know. That's a cop out. I'm sorry. It's exactly that you're seeing them with machine guns and you got little stakes and you're scared, but you don't realize you have one of the biggest shields and that's truth and justice on your side. Right. Let alone that we have God standing right behind us. So if you're copping out, well, I'm going to pull him out of school. Right. You should do the same because that's how everything's gonna be fine. Because then if you pull your kids out, they don't have they don't give a shit. There will be a shit ton of other kids that are gonna go because people need the schools. That's why we pay taxes so they can actually work. So you know what? Yeah, you take your stick and you wave that shit and you, just like camera angles, make us look hot. We can make camera angles, make (laughs) sticks look like freaking machines if we want to. You have the biggest weapons and that's your pen. And we shouldn't be backing down. We should be backing up, like backing up up making them back the fuck up because these are our kids these are our schools these are our boards and bottom line these are our courts not theirs nobody nominated them i'm telling you when my case goes i'm gonna have every single fucking email from the teachers federation instructing them on how to do shit none of us should be backing down because all of us all of us united are completely unstoppable You know, the fact you had one person with you, next time you go, you'll have 10. The next time you'll have 20, right? We're all getting our rights. Our constitutional rights have been completely maimed. It's like, Constitution, what's that? That, I don't know what that is. It's like, are you kidding me? This is what we need to be standing up. I am so proud of you. Document that shit. I told my kid, anybody gives you shit, you sit there and you say, I have the right uh, U.S. Constitution. That's it. Keep your mouth shut. Don't start saying shit. Because she tells teachers, yeah, well, you can't talk because the teacher unions own your ass. By the way, your fund's empty. And I'm like, you can't say shit like that to the teachers because that's the stuff that she reads on my desk. She sees what I go through, right? She knows. And my kid will back talk, too. I mean, she's 15. She's going <laughs> to be 16 next month. And she's, she's already there. She told her assistant principal, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't say. She literally said this. Heard the recording. Well, you really can't do anything. Teacher own- unions own you anyway. And your fund's super empty. And I was like, damn, Damn, she said that. I heard that. I heard it. And she's actually very eloquent when she speaks and talks smack. I was actually very impressed. (laughs) Um, Damn. When I get angry, Phoebe was like cool as a cucumber and just literally just laid it out there. Our kids are really, it's really important that they stand with those values. Right. And I'm proud that you are standing for your child's rights and you are not backing down. That is exactly what everyone needs to do. Sorry, but for those people that are pulling their kids out and saying I'm going to homeschool, it's a little bit of a cop-out because you're letting other people fight the fight. And, you know, it's just not fair. We should all be in there red-pilling the shit out of the other kids saying, you're such a loser. Why are you wearing a mask? It's totally unconstitutional. What are you, a slave? Like, that's the crap we need the kids to be doing. I mean, there's some woke kids. And we should be waking – homeschooling your kid doesn't mean – just the one plus ones and the lit and French or whatever. It's educating them on what it's like to be an American. We should be backing the crap out of our kids. We should be putting them on pedestals and saying, nope, no one's gonna do that to my baby. I am so, so proud of you. I can't wait till your case is heard. I can't wait for an update. I mean, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, Kelly. And I know your kids are too. Is your older one going through the same stuff?
8: Well, no. i mean, from the first day we weren't we weren't allowed on campus after that, so they never went back. And that's, where
1: wait, what, that's wait,
2: where. wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're not letting your kids back?
8: No, we were we were not allowed back in the school from the first day, from the day I picked them up. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you're telling me that
2: your kids have not been back to school. No. They're dis- how that, many have
8: they been out of school? Well, I, uh, that's, that's where the, the case gets interesting as well. So um, I think it was the, well, you know, every day, every day from the day they, they weren't, that, that I picked them up, I kept the communication lines open. I would email the principal I would email the school board every, every single day, one or like up to four times a day. They was probably sending my email to Sam by this time because every legit article I would get, any, anything I liked that I think I would, I would label in the subject line, inform yourself. Or maybe you don't know this yet. <laughs> I mean, it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Well, I played this game with them with no reply um, up until the 11th day on the, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The first day that I did email, I was told that my exemptions were denied. Um, But from then on, no reply uh, until the 11th day. Now at the 11th day in our school policy, which I didn't know because they sent my kids home without any paperwork the first day of school, which every year when you start school, you have to sign the district attendance policy. so how was I to know if it changed? I don't know. What if I don't have a computer? Like nobody ever tried to reach out to me and say, "Okay, this is what's going on. This is the next step." Anything like that. It was let's let her hang herself. Let's give her enough rope and let her hang herself. Because at eleven days they sell your kid. So even if I'd uh, even if I'd if I'd gave in at the eleventh day and put my kid back in school. He had already failed he had already failed that grade he was not going to pass but get this so the district attendance policy says that five days you are turned over to student services and then to, and then to what they call the family in need program which is um which is done by the district attorney's office and um i was and you, you're supposed to be contacted for a mandatory conference at that time. Sorry, this is at five days. I wasn't contacted. Are you kidding? So you, you get what I'm saying here? It, it almost seems like I was targeted. Like they were they were trying to push it, not to mention they didn't give me my due process. See, because at five days, I, I would have been glad to come in for a mandatory conference. I would have been ecstatic because I would finally be heard. No, nobody ever told me about a mandatory conference at five days. This is in their their policy. This is an exhibit in the case, by the way. Um, so at 11 days, I was contacted. Well, I was emailed by one of the teachers, one of the principals. And I was told that um, that I was turned over, that Madden was turned over to the uh, the district attorney's office by the FINS program and whatnot or whatever. and. Um, but the same day I had a, um, I don't know what you call him, some kind of processor knocking on my door. I guess it was a subpoena. I don't know. Or maybe it was a letter asking me to come to a mandatory conference. But again, this is on the 11th day. So my kid has already failed school. He's not going to pass. And now y'all coming after me for truancy laws. Yeah, this gets a lot deeper. (laughs) Well, the um, thing is that
2: your your child is allowed. Did you, did you file the right to an education uh, portion of it? Because there's a right to an education with due process. There was a massive case in the state of Ohio that kind of laid that out with suspensions and stuff. Sounds like there. I mean, have you attempted to just drop your kids off and not have them
8: wear a mask? No. And the reason why, Tori, I thought about it. I thought about it because I was like, you know what? I'm going to send them every freaking day. And I don't care if they call me and they tell me to come pick them up. I'm going to send them every single day just to show that I'm trying to get them there. And, but then I thought about it and I didn't want to put my son through that trauma again. You know, so I just, I I couldn't, I couldn't see him going through that again. Uh, He went through it once and I, I thought that was enough. So but but like I said, I did offer like the schools every every single day. I was emailing the principal a different exemption. I even had an exemption signed by my priest, a religious exemption signed by my priest. And it was denied. So in the meantime, I have sent off three affidavits, one to JBE, one to Bessie and one to my school board. These are affidavits. Um, They affidavit their affidavits of notice. Uh, Notice of instruction. That's what it is. And I received one reply from the school board, not in affidavit form. It's in, it was in a letter that basically was a bunch of bull crap and told me I didn't have the authority to send an affidavit by, by the school board attorney, by the school board attorney. This was, this was told to me. So, um, so in the meantime, all that's going on. You see, I had the communication lines open. Any time, and every email had my phone number. I mean, come on. There was some way they could have contacted me for this conference. And then in the meantime of all this, I, I, I got a bunch of parents together, and we went to a school board meeting. During the school board meeting, the cops were called on us. The the school board members bickered amongst themselves of if they if they wanted us to leave or not. It's all on. um, It's actually all on the news. It's uh, Daily Iberian. Um, they were there at the time and the cops sitting there going, OK, why are we here? You got two school board members saying d- d- that y'all OK to stay. But then you got, you know, this one saying that you all not OK to stay. He said, what are we here for? Like, y'all are just wasting our time. Do y'all want them to leave or not? Because at first they were kicking us out because supposedly, you know, we, we wouldn't put a mask on. We were not putting masks on. We were in there with no mask. But then they changed it to, okay, well, we need y'all because the cops said they weren't going to make us leave because of the no mask thing. Of course, because the whole school board didn't have masks on. So there was no logic behind it. And the cops sitting there going, okay, well, no, that's not why we're going to make y'all leave. We would make y'all leave because... They want y'all to leave because masks are not on the agenda. So there's no reason for y'all to be here. So eventually, you know, they um, throw us some scrap and tell us that they're going to put masks on the agenda. So, you know, they, they I knew we got played the whole time. It, it was it was a, it was horrible because they they put us on the agenda two weeks from that date, which was September 1st. And if anybody knows what September 1st was, that was the day that the, the mass mandate was supposed to end, you know, if he didn't extend it, of course. So this whole time, they're, they're just they're just kind of giving us what we want to make us shut up. And all this time, my days, my, my, my son's and my daughter's days are unexcused. They're just racking up, racking up, racking up. So I procrastinated and cause, because I didn't want to unenroll them because I, I guess maybe it was, I just felt like I wasn't gonna give them what they wanted. I wanted I, I wanted something to be done about it while my kids were enrolled in school. But it, they pushed me to the point where when they, had, when they tried to subpoena me, and I, of course I didn't answer the door so I never received whatever was in his hand. Um, they pushed me to the point of having, having to withdraw my kids. Now granted, I have no job because like I said, I lost my job because my kids are out of school. Um, now I have to, try to afford a homeschool program as well. I mean, this is, it. it it's a bunch of chaos and, and it goes way much deeper. I would have you on the phone for another two hours. <laughs> I don't know what else you'd want to know. Really,
2: <laughs> thank you. People need to hear this because this is what people need to be doing is fighting. And like someone posted, is there one attorney with balls in there? No, there fucking isn't because all these attorneys, they want money up front. Annette was dying and they couldn't even send a letter and she died because the attorney needed his retainer. Other attorneys won't even touch your stuff because they're like, well, if it's not my idea, I don't want to do it. And, oh, I'm too busy. Listen, attorneys are being controlled just like other people within, you know, the whole system, right? And that's the problem. We don't have people that are willing to put their lives on. Yeah. I mean, we do, we have Russell, but that's one man. And, and and he had a client where he was trying to find a way to file in the state of Tennessee to get his client out of a hospital. And that guy died while he was trying to figure it out. This is just pure insanity.
1: Yeah, we'll stop
2: at nothing. They hate you. They hate you. They will continue to make things difficult. And if you let them and roll over, well, I mean, that's your fault. The reason we're in this position is because of that. There's so many law groups that claim they're going to help, haven't seen one of them fucking come forward. And there's 50 of us, 50 states that have been working on shit and they can't find an attorney. So let's not talk shit and promote people and give to funds that aren't doing diddly squat for us. When you see them step up, that's what's up. Now, Anything you need from us, you know, we're here. You guys have a great group in Louisiana. We are all together. I know that the um, the Ohio group raised money for their cases, right, and for their filings. Um, I know Louisiana did too. Each state is pooling it together, um, you know, for their lawsuits and making sure that we're all supporting each other because that's what's important. You know, I really wish I could have seen that um, In other states, too, where you guys are just pooling together because remember, the people that are there with you are the people that are going to support you. When shit really goes down, those are the people you want to be with because they'll stand with you. So that's what's important that we all need to be together. I can't wait to see what comes out of this, Kelly. I can't wait. I'm so excited and I'm so proud of you that, um, you know, this is just perfect. You know, I'm very proud of you. Well, I appreciate it and I hope to keep you updated. No, yeah, no, you definitely will. You have no choice because I'll just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I do that. I mean, you know, a lot of people complain, hey, you're not responding enough. And it's like priorities, guys, priorities. Uh, there's, I'm so proud of you, Kelly. Thank you so much for being brave, for, for standing up against the current and standing tall. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. I can't Thank you for, for you're having me on our show. show. Your kids are so proud of you. They just don't they just don't all know it that well yet. Okay. So now I have um, Jennifer as well. Um, Jennifer. Hey.
9: Good. Good after. Well, I guess it's good night now, but I feel like I'm saying goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm doing good. I'm glad to finally be settling down. Um, There were three moms in my parish And none of us have had any sleep because none of us know what we're doing. We just know we want it to be done, you know. Um, So I was really um, feeling like it was going to be easy for me to like do my paperwork. And whenever I read yours, it has lots of words in it that I don't know what they mean. And I don't have time to look them up because I'm trying to take care of my family so then I went and looked at the Louisiana um, thing for the Pro Se and it's like fill in the blank. So I was like, okay, well, let me try this. So I couldn't get the thing to work. It only worked with Microsoft Edge and my computer has crashed. So my friend brought me her computer and it was like lagging. So then after that, I was like, okay, let's go back and let's do try and do Tories again. So I went back and like, What I could recognize, I just changed it to Louisiana. And then um, it was still a lot with the affidavits. So one of the girls told me, they were like, look, this is what we did. We started a new file and we just copied and pasted what we needed into like the blank one that was for us. So I was like, "Okay, I'll try that. So then I went back to yours and I copied like the, the main points, like here's the addresses for the plaintiff and the defendant. And this is how she wrote. I've got my kids covered with this, you know, and this is the chart. These are the laws that I'm going to bring up. So I copied and pasted those. And then I was like, well, this is the file part. I mean, this is the complaint. So I copied and pasted the complaint. This is the facts, you know, so like I took the big bold stuff and put it there so I could be like, okay, this is what I have to have accomplished, you know? So whenever I got to the facts part, I was reading like how yours is and I'm like, oh gosh, this is big and scary, you know? But um, the attorney who's like guiding us, he's like, it's okay because you know, you're a layperson, person, so it's in lay person's terms. So I'm like, okay, it says facts. So that means it has to be a fact because when I went to the Capitol, we get a lot of heart-tugging stories to try and be emotionally manipulated you know they'll say oh look at this big blue beautiful sky the sky is blue isn't it and you're like oh I like big I like beautiful you know so yeah sure it's blue but at the end of the day you're supposed to say the sky's blue yes or no and that's it not emotionally manipulate it by painting all these beautiful adjectives to go with it you know so that's what I did for the facts. I'm like, this has to be the facts. No emotional words involved at all. So that's what I did. And um, I feel pretty like confident about it because it is a fact. There's no embellishment to it because I didn't use any like adjectives unless it was a fact adjective. You know, like this person had a green shirt on or whatever, you know.
2: Yes. Yes. So tell me. You got it done. That's what matters. Right? Yeah. You got it yeah. That's That's it. If we, if we get things done to protect our kids and their rights, because unfortunately they're kids, you got it done. You know, there's thousands yeah. of people that have seen the document and haven't gotten it done. It's been a handful that have gotten it done. You got it done. That's super awesome. You know, you think I knew what I was doing? Fuck no. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just like, yo, I know this is wrong, so I'm going to learn this stuff. Do you know how many videos I watch too? So sad. Like, if you can learn how to put electronics together on, um, you know, YouTube, and you can learn how to cook, you can learn how to do anything you want, shit. You can learn how to wordsmith in a way, so that way you can, you know... (laughs) file it in court. I mean, we have, we have due process or the way I said it is do the fuck process. And, and that's, what's, what's going on here. You're pushing back because your child has had no due process and they're forced to do things. So tell me what happened. You got it all done.
9: Yes. Um, I got it all done and my two children do not have any, um, comorbidities like long term health conditions they're healthy kids they're smart kids they're great kids but um, I just I know when I wear a mask like I can handle it for like 15 minutes but after 30 minutes it's damp inside and I feel like I'm waterboarding myself you know and I'm I'm a stay-at-home mom and I don't like being at home and thinking my kids in a mask right now and here I am sitting here not wearing one you know but we want our kids in school me and my husband um we know they need to socialize with other kids whenever I got to the courthouse this morning I was the second one there and they had um at least two of those security people outside And um, whenever me and um, one of the other girls walked up, they looked at us and I kind of like got that, oh, wow, they really showed up vibe, like whenever they looked at us and they were like, they were like spectating, you know, like they wanted to see like what our demeanor was maybe. So like I made sure that like we were smiling and we didn't look nervous and Then like some random guy in a blue shirt showed up and he started talking to the security guard people. And I'm like, who is this? And I mean, if I had to make an educated guess, I would think it was maybe an attorney. I don't know. It was just kind of random because he showed up and he hung around and like watched us for a while talking to the security people. But then eventually he left. But The security, there was one security guy who was nice that Sammy had talked to. She did um, most of the talking. And whenever she went in, I, we were really nervous about this Dropbox thing. Like it just felt sketchy, you know, like go and drop this off and, you know, just trust us after everything we've done to you and we'll give you a case number, you know. And I'm thinking this is so weird. But anyway, so we we're like, we're going to film it whenever you go in. Well, it says you, you can't film inside like the courthouse itself. Well, we were standing at the flat part because you have to like go up a few steps. So we're, I was like, we're going to film the part that says federal courthouse and show you going in. And I was going to go up to the window because they described to us that we would be able to see her the whole time. They were like, well, you just go in and the drop box is right here to the left. Like it wasn't going to be a big deal. Well, when Sammy went in, I was filming and when they started like doing her security check, they're like, uh, you can't film in here. And I'm, I was pretty freaked out. I'll be honest. I was the chicken one. So I wasn't like, well, I'm not inside filming. I'm outside filming. Cause like, that's what I was thinking. Like you said, I can't film if I'm inside the building, which I'm not inside the building, but yes, I am filming inside the building. Cause the door was like open, but I didn't, I turned the phone off and then like, She went and like disappeared and I was just kind of waiting, like, where's my friend at? So I went up to the glass and like peeked in and I could see she was like back a little bit, but like they had her behind like a pony wall, which is a wall that's like three feet tall. I don't know. There's lots of words for those. And I was like, okay, well, she looks like she's okay. Well, we kept like talking for a while and I'm like, okay, where is she at? So I went back to the glass and like I didn't see her and I was like, okay, I don't know where she is, but hopefully she comes out soon. But like she was in there for a while, but I made sure that like I filmed her coming out with nothing because the fact that, you know, you can't bring a camera in and nobody else went in with her. um, You know, that was the, the most evidence that we could gather that she actually had turned something in, you know, but nobody really. Nobody offered us any help. Um, The one guy that she was talking with, he was like nice when he talked to us, you know, but like all the other people have said, like if you don't ask the right question, you're not going to get an answer if it's anything close to, you know, the right answer, or the complete truth, which is really strange. You know, Um, I'm definitely going to make sure before I file mine, I look up the definition of legal Uh, What is it we can't give out legal knowledge or whatever it is? I'm going to look it up. So that way, if they say we can't give you legal advice, that's it. I'm going to look up legal advice so I can say, well, legal advice is X, Y, Z. And I'm asking you A, B, C, you know?
2: (laughs) That's fantastic. That's what we have to do. Because I had to like look things up and Google things when the judge was asking me. I was like, dude, I'm not a lawyer. You know that. Like, why would you do it? And they say things like that. We just, you know, pass it over like, oh, you know, whatever. This is just this is criminal. So go on. So. Um,
9: I guess, you know, that was really about it. But I had went to court probably over 10 years ago for sure. And they did do like the security check, you know, but this whole like check your temperature and put your face up to this tablet thing, like all of that is new and they do that to the Capitol too. And I don't know, I just know when I go up to it, I'm like, don't look at it with your eyes. So I always look down at the floor. I don't know why, but I just, I don't know. The whole thing is weird, but um that was really about it. I mean, when she went in and she came out, we went and, and uh, we went and had something to eat and I was there for the phone calls, but I mean, I really don't have too much to say about that. Cause I really was just listening, but I know whenever Q started dropping like the amendments and the laws on the clerk, like you could tell she started scrambling and it was pretty amazing. Um, one thing that I was really, really excited about was we had started like a law fair group for people in the state that want to attempt to do this or help us dig or whatever. And um, I think I've been, with the tour says group in general in louisiana for i don't know probably five or six months now and most of the meetings are like strategic planning or what have y'all heard about this or what do you think about this happening like do you think it would happen this way or that like it's all strategic critical thinking you know that we're doing but last night, it was just so fun on the lawfare group because everybody was having a party. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, Louisiana is going to file the school board tomorrow. We can't wait. They're so shocked, you know, and they talked to us and I was told them, I said, y'all need to bring a dolly for all this paperwork that we got, you know, and it was just a lot of fun. And it was really nice to have a change of like the spirit in the the chat room to just hear everybody in there joking around and having a good time and cheering everybody on. And that was the best part of putting everything together was getting to hear the people, how excited they were for it to happen.
2: Yeah. And that's what matters too. What people need to see is like when we get together, we have a lot of fun because we're all fighting the same fight. They're your battle buddies. You know, we have, you know, I, we didn't have I didn't. We didn't call them battle buddies We just called them shipmates But you were always assigned to like one person In the army they call them battle buddies um, Where you're stuck with them Like you're in war, you're supposed to rely on them They're supposed to rely on you And that's exactly what we are, all of us together Collectively We're fighting against the same Enemy, which is Communism Basically, and slavery Basically, right So We are supposed to be supporting each other where we go. One, we go all. That's what it was intended. I don't know what the heck people were telling you it was, but this is key. We are our own support system. We don't need anybody else. We don't need fancy lawyers. We don't need corporations. The corporations actually need us and the lawyers also need us. And that's the thing. We forget that the courts are the people. Jennifer, Jennifer, Thank you. I can't wait to see what Louisiana does. Um, I'm very excited. I'm very proud of you. I'm praying for you. And um, I know that everyone else is too, because what you've done and what other people have done is, is pretty awesome. It's, it's something that a lot of people are too scared to do. And, and you did it. You didn't have to go in a dark room either other people had to go into the dark room, I would have been like, what's going I'm gonna die. I would have been yeah.
9: it sounded like it was very, very intimidated intimidating and very weird. I mean, I don't even like going to haunted houses and I'm like, that's what this kind of sounds like dark room and tall people. I'm sure it, us little coonies over here, we're short. <laughs> but um I'm in a way I'm kinda glad that she went because now I definitely know what to expect you know so but i I mean this is what the american people need you know we need um a way out and a lot of people don't want to use a lawyer and if they have a lawyer they don't know what to exactly ask for or how to ask for it and doing this like we'll be able to handle things ourselves, which is really exciting you know
2: yeah well that's the way it has to be we all have to support each other, and we have to use the systems that are available us uh, available to us to actually use. So, um, I'm very proud of you. Thank you for being on, Jennifer, and sharing. I can't wait to the update.
9: Um, let me say one more thing to everybody. Um, I, for the past since May, have been going to my capital. I've went to the school board meetings. I've sent lots of emails. I've called lots of representatives, you know, and it was really great and a wonderful learning experience to do all those things. But um, at some point, you start, I started feeling like I was just running around with my hair on fire, like Blind like just grabbing stuff and dumping it on my hair like hoping this fire would go out and then whenever like we did the lawsuit thing like all of that stuff it just stopped because it was like I can control this I can't control what happens at the Capitol I can't control what happens as one person you know but this um. This lawsuit, I can control it because I'm writing it. I get to control what it says. I get to control what these people are told that they're doing wrong. I'm not going to be time for three minutes, so they have to listen to me. And it's given me a really... Um, sense of peace. And I'm happy to know I don't have to try and go to all this social stuff anymore. I can just stay home and like pound it out on the keyboard. It just felt so good when I put in that first like school board member name. It was like, oh, here you go. You can have this right here. And I was putting it down. And last night with the other moms, when we were printing the dockets, we'd be like, ready, aim, fire and hit the print button. And it was, it just feels nice to finally be in control and not have to hope and pray that somebody feels sorry for you enough to do something. Cause you're like, I don't care if you feel sorry for me or not, this is the truth and you're going to hear it. You know, thanks for having me on. No, I, that's, that's exactly it.
2: See, when you're in the darkest room, in the darkest house, in the darkest anywhere, and there's no light in sight, You have two options. You die in the darkness or you become the light. And that's what you chose. And that's exactly what you need to do. You don't need someone to spark you. You can be your own spark. And it feels amazing. And thank you for sharing that. Because I think a lot of people need to hear that because there's a lot of people saying, well, I don't want to stir trouble. I don't know you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm shy. And it's like, are you going to be shy when they come and put their boot up your ass and take your kids? Are you going to be shy when they start injecting you and taking your money and you have nothing? The only way to get out of something that looks impossible is to create your own way out. The only way out of darkness is to be your own light. And we just did it. So I'm so proud of you.
9: Thank you. That's very right. And I mean, I ended up telling someone who was like, you know, I really admire what you're doing because I'm too scared to go to this stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, I've looked at different videos. I've seen different things and whatever they are planning on doing, they're going to do it. So, you know, sitting here and waiting, all you're doing is waiting for them to show up. And I'm the kind of person I like to stay in my lane. But, you know, they're in my lane now and I have to figure out, how to get them out, you know, and if they weren't in my lane yet, or if they're not in anybody's lane yet, who's listening, they're coming for your lane because they want all the lanes. So, you know, we have to hold tight to that steering wheel and just push forward. Thank
2: you. I couldn't have said it better myself. So um, guys, you heard it from Louisiana. They're all amazing. We're going to take a quick break. Just play a, a song again. Listen to the words right and then um we're just going to tidy up with a little bit of news and then i'm gonna have to bid you goodbye for the next two days
0: interchanging mind control come the revolution take install if you could click the switch to open your third eye and see that we should never be afraid to die Rise up and take the power back. Time the back has had a hard attack. We know
4: that
1: their time is coming to an end. We
4: have to unify and watch the flag ascend. They will not
2: So that should be our anthem. Like uh, what they're telling us what to do. They're putting us in a box. They're making it difficult for us to use the courts that are open to us, the people. Why have we allowed them to do this? Hmm? It's time we start pushing back, start pushing back hard. And the more we push back, the more they will be backing that shit up. Okay. So, um, like I said, no show Tuesday or Wednesday, and maybe even Thursday. It all depends, because I know we have visitation, then we have um, the service in the evening, and then we have to go to the cemetery, I think the next day, I, I don't know. But um, um, it's, it's extremely frustrating. I wanted to express the frustration that I have with um, you know, people that are going now to hospitals. They're terrified to go into hospitals. I, I wouldn't go either. I would not trust any hospital system myself. And I'm speaking for myself, right? It feels as if it's a prison. It feels like if you go into the hospital, they will kill you. And that is extremely terrifying. Because people are not allowed to choose their health care or how they should be treated I mean, 9-11, Annette dies. 9-12, Adam dies. Nine thirteen, Veronica dies. You know, I had spoken with the Illinois group a couple of weeks ago, uh, pointing, hey, you guys are local there. Get with Annette. Go see what's going on. I know that um, Russell was working on Adam in Tennessee. 36-year-old juggernaut, Dead. Annette, I was talking to her. It was in my car when I spoke to her. Even Phoebe spoke to her, and she sounded terrified. She was like, They keep putting this mask on, and I can't breathe. And they won't let me take it off, like even when I eat. And she was crying, like, Tori, I don't know what to do. And I was like, All right, well, I'll keep calling. I called a few minutes after she passed away from the timing. And they told me that she passed because I was calling her phone on um, Saturday morning to see how she was. And, you know, there was no answer, went to some weird voicemail thing. And that's where I called the hospital and asked for her. And they said, are are you family? And I was like, well, kind of. They were like, well, I I believe she passed. Um, And I just hung up immediately. I was just, I was in the middle of driving. I couldn't do that I was just like, this is just terrible. It's like I had a feeling because I decided out of the blue, you know, the minute I came back from the car place where I had taken the car to get service, I'm in the car and I call and they tell me she passed away. And I'm just like, what? This isn't happening. It's it's insane. First of all, they didn't even confirm if I was a relative, which was really weird, but they want them. It's like they want to kill you if you don't Bend the knee. It's like they want to kill you. It makes no sense. It feels like if you go into the hospital, you're a prisoner the minute they decide to tell you that you have COVID. It's terrifying. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. But I know I'm going to be okay. I know that sounds so bad. Like, yeah, okay, at least you know you're okay, Tori. I know because I will that. But it's still terrifying. How can it not be your doctors are supposed to be there to help you to take care of you to ensure that you're safe to ensure that you get better and now we can't even trust that that is terrifying I don't care who you are that's terrifying to know that if something goes wrong and you go in the hospital they can kill you because they need numbers Or they can kill you because you don't want a vaccine. Or they can kill you because they decide what you are allowed and what you aren't allowed to take into your body to make yourself better because they said so. This is America. This isn't China. This is the United States of America. How are you allowing this? Well, we're not allowing it. Well, what are you doing? Get up, do something. And I'm not talking to the people that are doing things. I'm talking to the people that are waiting for others to do it for them. Because when the crunch comes down, no one will be there for you. You need to take control of the situation. You need to be participating. You need to be on top of this. You need to be on top of this. You need to be on top of this. It's your life. It's your life. And you have a decision either do something or you don't. That's the decision you have. Do something or don't. That's the only thing you can do. That's the only thing you can do. Make a decision. And you know what sucks? Lawyers that have been through hell. Lawyers that have been through hell. Lawyers that are being restrained by the courts because they don't like what they have to say. Are still good people trying to make things better for people. They're trying. I mean, even Lynn Wood called to see what's going on, to say, hey, you know, I'm calling about this person and I'd like to know how they are. And, you know, I need and and the hospital, just like the same ones that I got when I called for Veronica, hung up. The police can't go in there for a wellness check, but they can come to your house and do it, right? How weird is that? Totally normal, isn't it? I wanted to play um, this clip. Let me see if I can do it. Here we go. Let me let me see if I can get this on there. how may I help
10: you? Yes, tell me your name again. It's JP. JP. My name is Lynn Wood. I'm a lawyer. I'm calling you from South Carolina.
3: You have a patient in your hospital named Veronica Wolski. Her power, the individual with her medical power of attorney is demanding that she be released immediately. There's an ambulance. wait, Wait, I'm not through yet. There's an ambulance waiting for her outside. There is a medical doctor waiting for her to treat her. If you do not release her, you're going to be guilty of murder. Do you understand what murder is?
2: Yep. And that's what they did to me too. I'm telling you right now, any name that I come across of that's being documented, you know I am reporting it back to our boss. And each and every one of them will be held accountable. Everyone that complies with actions like this will be held accountable. See, they think they got away with it. They think they get away with everything. And it's not just in how They act. They killed these people. The minute the husband turned up to his wife, Annette, and said, all right, I'm getting a lawyer. And he tells them, I'm getting a lawyer. They killed her. Adam had a lawyer. We're coming with a lawyer. They killed him. Veronica had a shit ton of people calling. They killed her. Oh, no, maybe she just died. No, they killed her. What is the coincidence? Why are these patients begging to leave the hospital and they're not allowed? Why aren't they letting them leave every person can walk out of the hospital. Don't let anyone tell you that you cannot. You do not allow your loved one to walk in any hospital any guy like I have to go and get a procedure done. I'm dead serious. this is personal and I'm sharing it with you and I've expressed it to other people. There's no way I'm doing it. I'm putting I know I can't put it off, but I'm putting it off until my daughter, the adult is here. To be in the same freaking room when I get that procedure done. Not because I don't trust the people that are doing it. But because I want someone on top to make sure. Because I don't know every person there. Every single time they go to inject me, she's going to say, "What stats Show me. Because I know that she can stand for it. I have friends that can do it. But I know they also have like this pussy side of them. Well, they'll start freaking out and get carried away and shit. My daughter's been trained in the army. I know she'll stand her ground. And that's, what's crazy that there's no way that I'm going to go do it when I know that it's really important. And I'm not even going to share those details. So don't ask, but I know I have to get it done. And one thing I'm considering is I don't like physical pain any more than I have to. So I'm putting it off. And another thing is shit. I don't trust it. I don't trust it at all. Cause I don't know what might occur or what might not occur. And if I'm going to be under sedation, you better believe I'm going to have someone watching every single thing. I will have someone in the room when any procedure is happening. There is no fucking way that no one's going to be there. I don't give a shit what their rules are. That's the way it happens. And if they say no, I will go to court and get an order that says I, am, I have a psychological trauma that I need a family member present sitting in the room observing because I don't fucking trust them. End of story. And the court is going to have to tell me how I'm not allowed to do it. And then they can say that they're refusing me treatment because I have this so I will go and get myself a crazy card. There's going to be a witness there, a live one. That's the only way it's happening. All right, so this is what happens when you get too cocky, and you get caught with your pants down. I mean, we talked about Tony Blinken before, right? We shared, we shared his emails. I think this is over a year ago. But look at how it comes around and suddenly pants are down.
3: Representative Scott Perry of
11: Pennsylvania for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Blinken, assuming it's not classified, can you tell us where you are today? Uh, yes, I'm uh, at the State Department. Oh, couldn't, couldn't be bothered to come down
12: here and see Congress. All right, that's great. Uh, hey, s- sir, excuse me, sir. My understanding is the con- that the House is not in session, and that's why the I, session I'm, is... I'm busy. right here, Secretary, so is the chairman, so is the ranking be, member. Mr. We're, chairman, in, uh, we'll we're here. Me, Mr. Chairman,
11: reclaiming my time. Did state at any point in the evacuation process block American citizens from leaving Afghanistan? No, we did not. None. Your testimony before Congress is, is that state didn't block any... American citizens leaving Afghanistan?
12: the contrary, my That's officers, alive. men and women, ran into the building from around the world to help It's, it's a simple get out. yes or no. I and heard
11: you do it with Mr. Connolly. You can do it with me. Yes or no? I'm, I just want to uh, clarify. You didn't block anybody. State didn't did block any block Americans. Any, no. Okay. Uh, they were
12: there to help Americans okay. get out. How many Afghans
11: not, pass, not uh, meeting the qualifications of SIV have been brought to the United States prior to... I I want to know how many Afghan citizens came to the United States that had not met the qualifications for special immigrant visa.
12: We're in the process of going through. How many many did you bring? You were just at Dulles. How many did you bring? We have, we will have by the end of the month, we will have brought a total of approximately 60,000. That have uh, not met the SIV SIV process. Some, Some of those will be, some of those will have been through the SIV process. All of them, regardless of SIV status will have gone through rigorous security checks first at the transit. It'd be points, nice outside if, we, it'd it'd be States, nice if that was done before
11: States. we brought these people to the United States of America. Mr. Secretary, are Afghan refugees required to be vaccinated for
12: COVID before coming to the United States of America? Uh, they are vaccinated in the United States uh, before they are before they are resettled into the United States. There are none of these
11: uh, Afghan citizens that are allowed to leave these these uh, resettlement communities. Fort Dix, Dulles, et cetera, that are allowed to leave at any time they want, none of them are leaving unless they are vaccinated for COVID. Is that, is that your testimony? They're, te- they're, they're
12: tested for COVID and vaccinated for
11: COVID. Vaccinated before they leave? That's my understanding. All right. Thank you, Mr. Mr. Secretary. Is it the policy of the United States of America to take hard-earned tax dollars and pay terrorist organizations?
12: Uh, It is not.
11: It is not. So your testimony earlier was, is that we're sending taxpayer dollars to Afghanistan
12: right now for humanitarian relief. Who are we sending that to? To NGOs and to the United Nations agencies who are using that assistance, not to the Afghan government, not to the
11: not to the Afghan, the Taliban government. How are you accounting for that? How are you making sure that the Afghan, the Taliban government is 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 not receiving that?
12: As we do around the world in places of conflict where we provide humanitarian assistance, working through U.N., uh, working through uh, NGOs.
2: With Hold on a second. Let's just let's just break this down for a second. He, Biden just got a letter saying that we're broke as of October 1st. October 1st, we're broke. And I can almost guarantee you, I already know one of the foundations NGOs he's using. Do you guys remember this article that I wrote on ToriSays.com? says dot com? It's called The Spirit of America. I need you guys to read that shit. That is a foundation by General Jones. How much you want to fucking bet that he's the one distributing shit to the Taliban? Yeah, see, this is the bullshit that we hear. Our nation is broke and they're sending a shit ton of money to pay off the Afghanis after we left and they stole all that cash and all our guns and all our helicopters and all our bullets and all that shit. And we're still sending money. For humanity, where the fuck is the humanitarian aid here in America, huh? We have we don't even have two pennies to rub together as of October 1st, but we're sending them money. Uh huh. Did you ask us? No, you just have blank check, right, Tony?
12: With long tested methods to make sure that All the right. assistance. All right, I got it. Let me ask you this needs, not to the government in question is your understanding
11: that over the past 20 years, the United States taxpayers have paid. Pakistan, who has then used that money uh, to support the Taliban, the Haqqani Network, ISIS-K, Khorasan Group, et cetera, for the past 20 years. Is that is that not true?
12: Uh, There's a long history that we should all look at together uh, about uh, the involvement of Pakistan.
2: How the fuck is this tool, Secretary of State? He's in his office. It's not classified, but he's in his office and he couldn't go to Congress. So he's in his office Zooming right now saying, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you pay ISI. They're in the fucking basement at Covington Burling right there in Washington, loser. You guys, they're the ones that were holding on to Osama for you, loser. I would say that
11: we should no longer pay Pakistan and we should pay India. Let me let me ask you this. I just have a couple more questions for you. A little off topic here, but I think it's interesting. How long was your recent interview with the FBI and was it a deposition? I'm sorry, I don't know what you're referring.
2: Yeah, I can I can shed some light, but let's allow this.
11: Are you saying that you have not had a recent interview with the FBI since becoming Secretary of State?
2: Mm, because you know, there's a lot of emails on LookingGlass.com and Tory's articles that refer to this tool. I'm uh,
12: I, uh, I'm not sure what you're referring to.
2: Well, let me help you. You remember the um, what is it called? Shit. The one with the with the with the with the with the torch. We did a whole show on it, the Truman Project. <laughs> you remember that shit? You remember the money we talked about with Tony Blinken and that and how he was on the board of that shit with Tunter Biden. Remember both of them were board members, right? You know, the Truman Torch and all of them. You remember when we sat there and we went through all that you think the FBI doesn't look at your shit when you're posting it on Telegram and I'm reposting when you find crimes on your freaking school boards and shit? You think they're not paying attention? You think they're not paying attention? Who do you think they're listening to? Let me ask you a question. You think they're sitting in a box and they're looking through shit? No. We're the best fucking diggers out there. Okay? Let's just keep this real and straight. We already talked about this little bitch. He knew exactly what he was talking about, asking him, yep, were you deposed on this shit? And here's where he's wiggling a little bit. You can hear his butt pucker.
12: Uh, And I'm happy to take that uh, up with you offline. Did
11: did the State Department turn over documents to the FBI related to Hunter Biden, Burisma, and or the Blue State Strategies Corporation?
2: Oh, Blue State. You remember when he was smuggling motherfuckers from the, you know, from the southern border that Tory talked about and wrote articles about? Do you guys remember that? How the State Department coordinated all that shit, how they had friends down at the south of the border check for visas and shit. Do you guys remember that? Let's just remember that. Let's remember that. Wait till you hear about QIA, because that shit hasn't even gotten to the top of it. We're busy, 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 busy. But when Tori talks about her and we're going back 2019 and shit like that, wait till you see. I'm saying this was fire because this is telling you again, and thank you very much, Representative, for doing this, that there's a lot of shit going on that you don't see. You need to mind your business. People are dealing with shit on the other end. What your job is, is to take the reins of your fucking nation. Because even if they get that shit done, guess what? You're still fucked. Because if you, that really important component, doesn't step up, whatever they do doesn't really matter. I hope you understand what I'm telling you. If you don't step up, whatever they do Doesn't matter if you roll over and accept what they are pushing on you It doesn't matter if the people decide fuck it. I'll just take the back. So they leave me alone It doesn't matter if you sit there. It doesn't matter Everyone's doing their part You need to stop listening to people telling you that they have secret information And listen to what this guy just did he let america know guys we're working on shit, but get your shit together because it's not going to work otherwise. It's definitely not going to work. Because what's the point of them doing all this shit if you're going to roll over anyway and allow them to take over? That's the point. That is the point. Uh,
12: you'll have to. Uh, so you ask have no the, knowledge uh, of
11: this. You have had no. You don't. You are you saying you have had not, not had an interview with the FBI would, since It would not the be appropriate for
12: me to comment uh, in a public forum on any uh, legal proceedings that the department. I'm not
11: asking you to to comment on the legal proceedings. I'm just asking if you've been interviewed by the FBI since becoming secretary of state.
12: Um, Again, I'm not going to comment one way or another on any uh, legal proceedings or not uh, that may or may not have uh, happened. Um, Let
13: let me remind the gentleman that the topic of this hearing is Afghanistan.
2: You need to shut up. He has his time. He's not giving you his time. Someone tell him to put his mask out and shut up.
13: Let's that's what we're.
11: I appreciate it, Mr. Chairman, but the Secretary generally refuses to answer questions about Afghanistan. So I just figured we'd talk about something he should be intimately familiar with. Have you sought to alter any of your testimony from last year's Senate investigation regarding this topic? Mr. Secretary.
13: Gentlemen's time has expired. And let me.
2: Of course, it expired. Let me tell you, this guy's going to jail too. Now, you don't want to hear that. You want to hear when, Tory? And it's like when you get off your fucking ass and get shit done because there's no point in them working really, really hard in the background. There's no point in people like me getting spread thin if you're not gonna be doing anything. So, and I think President Trump said it best. Where is he? I had him here. Where'd he go? Mm,
10: here we go. And we can't let that happen because that's a stain on our country that's worse than any stain we've ever had before. It's an embarrassment. Biden didn't even speak today. He went to all three places. And he didn't speak.
1: I wonder why
10: I wonder why he didn't speak. Now think of it. No telephone. He went no telephone. He went no, he went to three places, all three places. He went to the Pentagon, went to Pennsylvania, he came here, and he didn't speak.
14: <laughs>
10: uh, what a shame I'm sure I didn't your The election wrong. was rigged And that's yeah, what we it got Listen, I want to thank everybody uh, You are incredible people We love you, we always will And a lot of things interesting happening uh, They are, you know, they're only good at doing bad things, in my opinion If they fought the war the way they fought the election Where they stole it I don't even say stole it. They rigged it. We would have had this war would have been over 20 years ago. You wouldn't have had a war. You would have had the thing. They would have been apologizing 20 years ago. But they didn't do that. They don't do that. They only do bad stuff. You wonder whether or not they love our country. I love you. Thank you all very much. This one has to be good
12: you're gonna call us racist you're gonna call us potential timothy mcveigh's fuck you
2: war and that's exactly what we're at so if you don't start acting like that you're gonna end up being a casualty and then, you know, I won't, you won't be around to hear me say, I told you, so you should have gotten off your ass and done something, said something, stood up for something, pushed on it. You know, a lot of people get upset. Tori, you know, maybe we should. Oh, oh I get tired of it. But it's like these people are going to turn on the ovens. They're the ones that are going to do it. Now, here's how warlike they are. This is how they crush you. Pay attention.
14: From Project Veritas here, you all know that in the last week our offices were destroyed by remnants of Hurricane Ida, but that was not the only attack that Project Veritas faced. Two days before the storm hit, we discovered that fraudsters had stolen $165,000 from our bank accounts by hacking correspondence with our lawyers talking to our team. Now it's no secret that we're involved in a lot of litigation. We're suing the New York Times, suing the CNN, suing Twitter and in fact, winning so far in some of these lawsuits, and also playing a defendant into others. Project Veritas has never lost a lawsuit. We spend millions of dollars a year on litigation. So we received an invoice for 165,000 dollars from a few of our attorneys, and we intended to pay that invoice. So we set up wire transfers for payment. Within hours, the lawyers reached out to us, asking us to pay the invoices via a new account they had set up. They actually impersonated the actual name of our lawyer, changing a few letters in the email address, replying in real time to an email chain with our actual attorneys. It appears the fraudsters were watching, waiting for an invoice to be sent to us, and then pounced, impersonating them, replying to a real email as the lawyer's name the moment the invoice came. We've also had denial of service attacks recently. People were very clever. They've donated $50,000, but then asked for a refund which incurs a fee to us. And they've done this repeatedly in an attempt to apparently hurt us financially and bankrupt us. These are intentional attacks by people who don't like us trying to distract us, trying to deny our services, trying to disrupt our mission. These are very serious crimes against us. The, the feds have jurisdiction. U.S. attorneys should prosecute this for wire fraud. But this week, there was a school board meeting in Sacramento.
2: Thank you for allowing me to speak, and I also want to thank Project Veritas for exposing this, because without their due diligence,
9: you guys would have done nothing because you did nothing when these students complained any teacher or staff pushing anti-american hateful or political agendas against america on our students families or communities we want you
0: out now not paid leave and not in a week or two now
14: and i learned we learned that the fbi the feds got involved in shutting that school board meeting down
1: okay thank you
3: Oh, oh. the board members. Wait, 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 wait. This is the guy who said he talk to us. So the, the board members um, have left. They're all leaving.
14: They're busy, apparently, involving themselves in shutting down school board meetings when parents are so indignant. We doubt that anybody will be prosecuted. And that might make you feel hopeless or even cynical that nothing can be done. But at the end of the day, it's about all of you. It's about the people of this country stepping up rising up and exposing and revealing what it is that they are doing. It's up to you. This week, all of our stuff has been destroyed. All of our files are, thank God, backed up. In our building, which has been completely gutted, many of the walls have been torn out, and everything, as you can see, has been removed from our facility, which is completely destroyed. But there are two quotes that remain on the wall. And one of them was sent to us by a supporter a beautiful plaque that reads, this organization is protected by patriots. There you see it still hanging about nine feet up on the wall. This week we received thousands, an influx of tips and whistleblowers and insiders, viewers like you reaching out to us as the whistleblowers and insiders across the country swells. We are on the verge of bigger and better things. One of our core values is indeed resilience. It also hung on our wall. Speaking personally, when I was 10 years old, my father bought a house. For two years, I worked on that house, sometimes in the evenings, sometimes all weekend. And then right when we finished the house, the house effectively burned down. One week later, my father, grandfather and I spent the next year rebuilding the house back to the way it was. And it was better and it was bigger. That was one of the first lessons in my life about resilience. This organization will build bigger and better and bolder. And next week, stay tuned as we released our next big bombshell story about criminal activity. You won't want to miss it.
2: And, you know, the hacking thing uh, that he was talking about, I'm going to tell you what happened to me today. So I got on. I don't have a lot of people on Subscribestar. But I suddenly got an influx of Subscribestar and I was like, wait, that's great, right? Well, you know, from like, let's just say figuratively, so so it's easier on the numbers. Let's say I had, well, it is closer to the ideal, (laughs) the real number, 300 subscribers, right? Suddenly it went to 500. And then I lost like, you know, all of them and I'm down to like 100 something. And they asked for refunds too. So that rose a flag for Subscribestar with me. And I was like, "Um, do I have to pay for that? They were like, no, um, because, you know, we already charge you a fee, so you're fine. But they were like, that's a lot of refunds. They're saying that someone did it to give it to you. And it's like, but that's like a lot of people. And it feels like that's what happened to me too, that they attack me like that. And, you know, I've been banned from all platforms. um, And I I can't even stress enough how scary it is when people do something like that. So, um, and all those were new, you know, subscriptions. They all came up and I was like so excited because then I was brave enough to be like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll cover. And then, you know, we'll get whatever because I'm waiting for this, you know, it's just $5 for each person and that's fine. Right. But when that happened, I saw, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. But it was, it was really odd too, because After like two weeks, you know, they started to be taking off and I didn't understand. And then today when I checked, you know, I had that, um, that communication. So it was, it wasn't a hack. It's just that people apply and they say, yeah, let's, you know, subscribe to her. And then they come back saying, oh, we didn't do that. And then, you know, that flags your account. Like someone's doing something, especially when 200 just came on on the same day. Um, And they were fake accounts. And so, um, you know, from what I gather, they told me, no, we've seen this before. It's just, you know, this is why we're better than Patreon and stuff like that. They were really, really nice. And they were like, no, don't worry about it. And I was like, is it safe? They're like, yeah, these are just accounts that that, that signed up to you. And then, you know, 10 days later, they're like, oh, I didn't authorize that. And then they're like asking for their money back and they were like this is why we hold the money for a month and you don't get it right because we want to make sure that it's cleared so that meant that people like you know requested it back so you know that's something that i've been victim of people did that to me on paypal and i had to pay fees later they did that a lot to me but it was fine i mean i ate the cost you know because it's not like everyone did it same thing happened to me on venmo and cash app every now and then so You know, I've been banned from those platforms anyway. So, hey, whatever. So, it's whatever. But they do do that. They will lawfare you to the ground in order to silence you. They will attack you in order to silence you. They will do everything they can to force you to bend the knee. And what we all have to do is not bend the knee. Oh, and by the way, that's why I'm not going to go to Orbits again, because I feel like Orbits is doing something really weird too. Because that's where I booked airline tickets. And any time that I book with Orbit, my flights canceled like six to to ten hours beforehand. And then I have to go buy the flight from the website of the airline. And it charges me up the ass. And that's exactly what happened now. But they weren't even booked in my name, which is even weirder. So I'm not using them again. Um, I'll just go directly to whatever. Because even though it's not going to be cheaper, you know, it's better than nothing. This is regular war. Like there's a lot of things that I have to undergo that I don't share, but you know, what he's talking about is a real thing. And so, um, you know, I, I, I felt bad because I had gotten the round trip tickets for both the kids together was like $1,200. I ended up paying $2,400 Almost. Well, it was actually more than that because they had to go going from North Dakota. They had to fly to Denver and they're on their way from Denver. So it was really weird. So they had to go United that way and they have to go with another airline um, back. You know, this is really bad. It happens all the time. It's not something new. Do you know what I mean? This is the way they attack people. They do it all the time. And, um, it's important that you guys understand just how big this war is. You don't see most of it. I don't talk about it. I just thought I'd bring it up. Like what he's saying is real. Like this stuff happened. I remember when Millie was arrested, you know, there was a campaign by people at Infowars to tell people to demand their money back. Right. You remember that. And it was disgusting. Cause it was done by Haley Kennington. And I was like, ill, that is so disgusting. Why would you do shit like that? So, um, it's, it's, it's really bad. But here's the thing. I want you guys to understand how this war is working. There's a lot of layers to this. And a lot of things that you're not even, I don't care how uh, open-minded you are, how awake you are. There are things no one will take the responsibility in telling someone. Right? And that's a fact. But there are so many things that are being worked on right now. We have the election fraud. We have crimes. Embezzlement. Memorandums of understandings between nations. Criminal deals. Warfare. Lies upon lies upon lies. People across the planet being crushed. Being handled like slaves. In our nation itself, we're starting to feel the heat. And there's still people that are so blind to it. They refuse to see it. They refuse to acknowledge it. And now, hopefully, you can all see why I was so angry at these hopium pushers that were telling you to sit back and enjoy the show. My documentary is going to show you what I meant by that. What enjoy the show really means. And one thing is, this documentary is going to be so on point and I'm going to make sure it looks like a million dollar production because I've got a genius working on the edit part. That's going to make it like a million dollar documentary that is going to wake you up so that you can stand back on the moon and see what's really happening because You know, Shadowgate was a great eye-opener, and every time you watch it, you see something else to understand how intelligence really works and what psychological operations are and how your data is being weaponized against you, your own information, both provided voluntarily and not. PSYOP the Steel showed you the inside, inside job, and now you guys are starting to see Alex Jones going for a protest. We all know it's a false flag. I feel sorry for anyone going to that shit. Um, then there was, um, the documentary, what was it? Out of the shadows about the kids that rocked your world, right? For those of you that couldn't figure out what was going like that really woke you up. Well, this one is going to give you a step back and you're going to really understand what it means by enjoy the show. Cause the movies that need to play always have a prelude. I mean, how many times have you seen trilogies, quads, qualities, whatever, happen and then the last, you know, version, the last um sequel is actually the original prequel, like in Star Wars, for example. Well, this is the prequel to it all. This is where you're going to see all of it. Now, I was hoping that on Friday, I would have had a teaser for you, but I don't. Um, and because of my travel, I'm going to be unable to create that for you. But but having said that, even though I have to file a response to my federal lawsuit, um, I will carve out the time on Friday because I want to give you guys a little taste to see what's coming. And I have to thank Hunter Biden. I think I should put him in the credits. Thank you, Hunter Biden, for listening to the hookers. And losing your phone, iPads, and laptops so many times, you really helped us out. I think I need to put that in the credits. I totally will fucking put it in the credits. I'll also thank John Brennan for teaching me well and understanding how the intelligence community works in the United States, or else I wouldn't have been able to maneuver and find out more of the information. So I will dedicate it to all the fucking squamp creatures that polished me and refined me in that fire so that I can poke them right back in the eye. And having said that, Rose McGowan will be totally vindicated with this too. So she comes into play too. I have reached out to her. We communicated. It's just been really tight on time. Um, You know, maybe I can ask her if she wants to, like, do a voiceover part. I'm not going to be making money off of this video. It's going to be free, right? I don't, I won't charge you guys for it, but we'll have like a massive premiere on Twitch only where we grab our popcorn and it's going to be so awesome. Um, You know, no disruptions whatsoever. And I know you guys are going to love it. So I am really hoping that I can catch Rose at a time after, you know, the funeral and I'm back and I'm like more, you know, in that, you know, place. And hopefully I can get her to, she deserves it. She's been through hell and back and she's a fighter and I love fighters. I I absolutely love fighters. So I will try my best um, to make sure that this does not disappoint. We're going to make it look like a super, it's going to be so quality. And the thing is we're using their words. You'll be surprised how much they say and you're not even listening. And this is why it's important that when we file things in the court, we always use their words because words matter. And that's what's important. Words freaking matter. And the minute you realize how important it is to use their words against them, suddenly you win. So on that note, um, I am going to be traveling. I will be on telegram. Um, I, Appreciate all of you. I can't wait for us to be victorious and come out from this. And again, every day I'll be posting this and I'm going to post it again. It's important to say a prayer. And if you don't know one, just listen to this. God bless. Let's go.
13: crazy baby chill don't medicate just meditate you waking up now a baby you hella late educate look at what's going on let it resonate accelerate find you inner hunger like you never ate agenda is to push the hate separate and segregate don't celebrate quite yet the storm is coming cue for heaven's sake violence that they demonstrate instigate and penetrate the values of our country and our god is what they desecrate my fighters ain't no feather weight. Pulling out the seams of the fabric that they fabricate They feed us lies, manipulate, intimidate through fear and force Forcing us to sit and wait Till we come together, congregate and then we liberate Praying that you give me strength to find some love amongst the hate Marching on the streets of blood Till I see the golden gates Troubadour troubled souls One of God's servants Blades out, cut the grass Till we see the oh, serpents Oh one
0: day I hope you see the truth This puppet show It stays on Because of you fools We've been dancing With the devil Way too long I know it's fun But get ready To pay your dues Oh God We need you now before we're too far gone. I hope one day they finally see the truth. God, we need you now.
13: Hard to swallow, just digest it. Suspected something's going on. Chosen, just neglected. Deflected by some breaking news. Oh, we just accepted. Expected just to fall in line and follow their perspective. Don't question their objectives, but I got a lot of questions. How these kids molested, but nobody's been arrested. Read it in the testament, these children are protected. So I'm fighting all these terrorists, both foreign and domestic. Refuse to be directed. Lying not a sheep, only kneel to my God. So I'm dying on my feet. Uh, silence when we speak, but there's violence in the street. I've been rolling with the punches. I can't take this on the cheap. Nah, drink from a glass half full. I'm optimistic. People are sadistic, so vicious and malicious. Praying for assistance to overcome my position. Or I'm gonna start resisting and then I'll pray for forgiveness. Oh, one day
0: I hope you see the truth. This puppet show it stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh God, come back home. This crazy world is filled with liars and abusers. We need you now before we're too far gone. I hope one day they finally see the truth, God we need you now, we need you now. I hope you see the truth This puppet show It stays on Because of you fools We've been dancing with the devil Way too long I know it's fun But get ready to pay your dues Oh God you now before we're too far gone. I hope one day they finally see the truth. God, we need you now. Hmm.